Killstreak episode 28. Greetings, my future lovers. I am Eric Goslin. Joining me from Austin, Texas, a much, uh, I would assume, place where it's easier to breathe, not as smoky. Yeah. yeah. Mike Price. How are you, sir? Howdy, y'all. Um, <laughs> that's Texas. Uh, is it funnier when I say that's Texas and I explain it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, good. Yeah. Every joke I find is funnier if you if you explain immediately after, like not even giving it a rest. Yeah, definitely. Don't even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No chance to breathe on its own. <laughs> um, yeah, it's way nicer here than it is in California right now. But oh, it's fucking brutal here, dude. I'll say this: like, it, it's been hotter. It was hotter than it was in LA for almost the entire summer. Things really tipped in our favor about three weeks ago. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we're recording today. We got moved around a, f- a few days, but like the day that we were supposed to initially record, my voice was scratchy. Sure. It was, like, it was the air is better here today. If you're not aware, I'm sure you are. All of the West Coast is on fire, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a fire about 15 miles from where I live. Uh, it's the Bobcat Fire. Um, in like Monrovia area, yeah, not close to me. There's no mm-hmm. danger of it spreading to where I am. But yeah, I am also surrounded by dry hills. So. Yeah, and that one was caused by uh, that was an errant firework at the Goldthwaite family reunion, right? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> <laughs> oh, great! Thank great. you. That was not pre- oh. that was not premeditated. I had never heard Gold uh, Bobcat. <laughs> Uh, because Bobcat Goldthwait. See, I resisted no, the yeah. urge to explain it right away. No, I got it. I got it. Um, it, the reason why it took me a second is because one of the fires, I'm not sure if it was that one or the other one mm-hmm. in Southern California, was caused by a gender reveal. Yeah, that's why. Pyrotechnic. I, this, my joke was also a reference yeah, yeah, to yeah. that as well. No, it's yeah. very good. Thank I liked you. It. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's brutal, dude. Like, I've never seen the air like this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was at, I was talking to a friend yesterday, and I was like, well, we've been through a lot of really bad fires in L.A., especially in the last five years or so. Yeah. And I was trying to really get an idea of, like, is it worse than it's ever been? Uh, what's your opinion on that? Yes, no, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least where I am. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, because last, the last big fire was in Malibu, mm-hmm. so maybe the, the west side was a little bit smokier. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it's been visibly smoky in the air for since like wednesday mm-hmm. or so yeah in in like really unhealthy air quality totally um, now you pulled twitter uh i think it was yesterday or friday about mm-hmm. whether or not you should risk pumping iron outside mm-hmm. uh yeah. how did that poll end up and what did you end up doing um the poll ended up so the two options were uh, the question was is it stupid to work out outside in this air quality if I'm wearing an N95 mask? 
and the the answers were maybe or probably. Yeah. Um, and I think the uh, everybody agreed that it was probably pretty dumb to yeah. do it, but I did it <laughs> did it anyway. So, did it? Did you ever uh, consider like a modified workout where maybe you just brought some dumbbells inside and lifted That's what weights I ended up and doors? Doing. Okay, uh, I did my. It was my big deadlift day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working with a trainer, and he's been programming uh-huh. um, like different phases. Sure, and it was my heavy deadlifting day. Okay, and I really didn't want to miss that. So what what I did was it was only like two reps. Okay, six sets of two reps. Yeah. So it was easy to minimize my time outside. Gotcha. Like go outside, do it, come back inside, mm. yeah. rest, and then, you know. Cool. And then I, I moved what I could inside, and I yeah. wore a mask. And it was fine. Um, Were you able to get a good pump going? It was, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Okay. And I'm, go- I'm going to also work out today. The air is not as bad today. So. Okay, cool. I'm going to yeah. do it. Fantastic. Thanks for, thanks for checking in on me. No, absolutely. <laughs> I'm very curious, and I think the people at home are, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is um, this is a an odd oddly timed uh, record for us. We are it's Sunday. We're recording mm-hmm. for tomorrow, Monday. So yeah, yeah, uh, stuff got messed up for us this week. Uh, so we're yeah. You know, this is the most uh, least amount of lead time we've had between mm-hmm. episodes. And yeah, when they're released, but it's kind of nice. Unless you count when did we didn't we do the middle segment of Deep we, Blue we did Sea do too? The middle segment. Of, yeah, we did that yeah. uh, the day before it came out. Also. Yeah, or three. Yeah, whatever. Which one I fucked up? It was three, I think. But whichever one that was. Yeah, it's three. This is deliberate, uh, mostly. So let us, you know, maybe I hope you guys don't love this so much more and its recency because it's definitely easier for us to record like five days ahead of time. Yeah, it's always. I mean, because it's nice to have one in the tank mm-hmm. ready to go, right? In case something yeah. happens. If a yeah, if Eric, you know, his house his down. house burns down, <laughs> or I don't know, one of the weight plates slips off and crushes his foot, <laughs> and then he's got to be in the hospital. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, if I uh, I don't know, die of being too comfortable outside. <laughs> <laughs> It's too much relaxation. Yeah, you're he definitely passed away doing what he loves. You're relaxing. definitely gonna need half a week to, uh, yeah, install a new co-host before you record the next uh, Ginger Snaps <laughs> episode. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of which, mm-hmm. uh, we are gonna be talking about Ginger Snaps. Today, yeah, the 2000s um, teen werewolf movie. Totally. Yeah. That is. Um, this is one uh, I had seen before, around when it came out. Pretty, same, pretty, yeah, and yeah. I haven't seen it since. Yeah, same. Um, which is funny because I, uh, when I saw it, I definitely thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, and yeah, I did too. so the fact that I had never revisited it was, I guess, is a little strange. Although I'm glad now because I got to come to it pretty fresh uh, earlier same. this week. There were definitely, you know, I remembered big tonal things and more mm-hmm. or less the plot of it but it, it definitely it was you know there were a lot of things that still managed to surprise me and things that i didn't really remember from my my previous viewing yeah same here mm-hmm. um the broad strokes i remembered um way more body horror in this than i was yeah than I ever remembered i think it, so. it yeah. is almost it's equal parts werewolf and body horror movie. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's uh, you know it's a Canadian movie. Uh, you know mm-hmm. that obviously. I think a lot of our viewers, our listeners, might know that. And 
it's definitely both uh, overtly the the writer and more so the director have have name-checked Cronenberg, but I think to watch it, you can just tell that there's a lot of that sort of fellow Canadian... Uh, there's there's a lot of appreciation and, I think, uh, homage to Cronenberg in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I guess, blood and guts check. What did you think this time around? Um, my blood and guts check on Ginger Snaps is... This movie is very good. And um, I think if it wasn't Canadian, if it just looked a little more <laughs> polished... Yeah, yeah. I think it would be thought of as one of the great horror movies of the last, you know, 30 years, probably. Yeah. I um, So it started out a little rough for me this time around, mm-hmm. because I think in the way we've brought it up multiple times, in the way that things from like the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s mm-hmm. have aged, like there's a lot of, there's a generous amount of snark. Yeah. The two, the two main characters are, are like quirky with a capital Q. Totally. And I was like, oh, man. Maybe this is gonna be a rough review, <laughs> but then once it started kicking in, yeah, and that a lot of that stuff is abandoned. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this movie, this movie rules. It's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's um, it's scary. This might be the scariest mm-hmm. movie we've watched since the Blair Witch Project. Um, it's stressful. Yeah, very stressful. It's funny. It's like legitimately got some good jokes in it. Um, mm-hmm. Some, I think the performances are all really good. Yeah, um, I agree. And the majority of the creature effects, I think, are good. I think it loses me a little bit at the end. Um, but overall, it's just like, it's. A, I think it's a remarkably well done movie. And I, yeah, it's like the only thing that I could really even knock is that in terms of the way it's shot and lit, it feels a little bit amateurish yes. versus, uh, you know, some of the other stuff that we might watch. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, it's it it's something that comes up a lot on this show, and that's it looks kind of like an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Totally, and I did some more reading about this just because I was so curious. And this is apparently something that people have written about and called out a lot, just in comparing Canadian stuff to American stuff. I think culturally, yeah. not just in terms of like production budget, but culturally, I think there was a especially. 20 years ago, there was a big difference in the way that they approached lighting specifically. I I read a whole article from like 2004 that was just about the different ways that like Canadian film and TV lights their subjects versus what American. Oh, that's interesting. Production. Because it's, it's something that comes up a lot on this show where. Yeah. Yeah. Anything (laughs) in Canada, you can tell. Yeah. It's like anything uh, like video um, runs at a different rate Mm -hmm. in, in England. Maybe it's a case in Canada. I'm not really yeah. sure. So you can kind of always tell a Canadian TV show versus right. mm-hmm. an American TV show. Yeah, a lot of it is the lighting and deliberate choices that get made. And then I also think this really hammered home an idea for me that you and I discussed when we watched Jason X, which again was a very Canadian production. Mm-hmm. But I think really feeling the difference between an initial viewing that I'm quite sure was on VHS and now seeing it on a 4K television like it does mm-hmm. does not do favors to the original production. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah that's very true. Yeah, like it probably looked better. We we said which episode was that? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um yes, some of these things age 
worse yeah. in high definition than they would have on VHS. Absolutely, yeah. VHS is not higher quality, but it lends a more cinematic feeling to, I think, a lot of these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but overall, my feelings towards this were very positive. And I agree with what you were saying, that at the very beginning, I was like, this is going to be like intensely sort of like... My first note is like, wow, a goth teen suicide pact is like the most 90s thing I can think <laughs> of. Yeah, um, it really is. But yeah. it, it definitely eases, it like eases into itself pretty quickly. And I think it becomes much more, it feels more real and more lived in even by like halfway through the movie. And then I stopped really thinking about it at all. Yeah, same. I think it's the two main characters, they're like outer armor starts to fall to, as the movie goes on where they're not always just putting up this front all the time. Yeah. Uh, as like the situations get more and more dire. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also, it was very cool and it's something I probably didn't think much about at the time just to see an all, not an all female, but like two female leads. Yeah. Young, young women um, just really knocking it out of the park. Both of them are phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I totally agree with you, and I mean, this is one of those movies that's like, you think about you think about this movie and the plot, and then a, like what a sad low bar something like the Bechdel test is to clear, where it's yeah yeah, where it's just like the idea that you just are are, are hoping against hope that two women will have a conversation together. It's like this movie is about sis. It's about two women, two sisters, young women, and and sometimes their mom. Like Mm -hmm. it's and I love it for that. And I think you know, good horror, like the best horror, tends to traffic in you know metaphor and 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 a lot of allegory. And this is no exception. Like some people kind of complained. I feel like in uh, like really high level film criticism. This occasionally gets accused of being too on the nose as just like a puberty metaphor. Sure. And I would argue that, and this is very similar to a movie that I want to talk about in our end segment today, but I won't spoil. But there's like the perceived metaphor for people who are taking it more at face value. And then I think when you dig deeper, this movie is really a little bit about... uh, it's it's more about the relationship between these sisters and sort of yes. the aging process and how that affects their relationship and how they sort of grow apart. Yes. Um, more so it, than it, it is just a puberty allegory. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. It's it's even though she is going through a physical change, it's less about that and more about the strain on their relationship. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the decisions that she makes that affect that are maybe like a byproduct of that physical change, but it's you know, you can take it all away and, and, and yeah, it, at the end of the day, I, I think it's much deeper and also just like a little bit more, re, you know, it's more emotional than just, oh, it's puberty. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the relationship, seeing that relationship challenged uh, is was actually sad to see. Yeah. More so than it would have been with a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, just maybe because you don't see it that often represented in movies. Absolutely. Movies like this. Yeah, I think so. And like this movie just does a great job of, I think, showing how fraught sibling relationships can be. Um, uh-huh. And I think, you know, it's hard for me to say because, you know, I'm... A, a man and male identifying so I you know I've, I've never had like a sister to sister relationship but 
certainly just from an observer's perspective, they do seem to be more complicated than the relationship between, like, say, two brothers, you know? Yeah, and I'm an only child, so I have no... Yeah. <laughs> I've not experienced either of those, but I, I, I can always... Re- I can relate them to friendships, and it is heartbreaking to think about all the friendships that you had that felt so close and were so powerful that, like, not through any one event but mm-hmm. just through a series of small crumblings you yeah. just completely drift apart yeah and you, and you just realize like oh shit i haven't talked to that person in 10 years mm-hmm. and they were my best friend growing yeah up, you know? and like this movie really in a way is about those kinds of crumbling you know structures of of the of close relationships so. yeah um do you want to talk a little bit uh production info before we jump into the recap yeah for sure okay um so this is through and through a deeply Canadian film. Um, it is pretty much the product of director John Fawcett and the writer Karen Walton. Uh, Fawcett approached Walton. Both of them, when this movie first goes into pre-production, they're basically just Canadian TV folks. Um, mm-hmm. Fawcett had one small feature to his name, Um but they were well known, and I and the vibe I get is well liked in the Canadian TV community. They had contacts, they had people who were interested in seeing them produce a movie, and like they had one of the amazing things about a country like Canada is like this is like you'll see in a lot of especially European countries. This is a partially socialized film uh, in terms of its production, oh, yeah. right? So as opposed to the US does this but it's not impactful in the way and I don't think it's as much of a of a uh, you know it's not as noteworthy when it happens here in the US you just don't you don't hear about these movies cuz they tend to be very small but in a country like Canada so they have something called Telefilm Canada which is the Canadian Federal Film Agency right so imagine if you lived in a country where they actually put significant money towards supporting the arts, right? You, right? you would have something like this where you actually go to the country, you go to the Canadian government and you say, hey, we're trying to make a big feature film and you apply for funding. And in this case, they tried to do that um, to augment you know, the budget they had. They were working with Trimark Pictures um, and they essentially missed the deadline for the year, right? The way this stuff goes. It's like Telefilm only has so much money they can hand out to productions. Um, so they ended up pausing on the production of the movie for almost a full year in order to secure that funding from the federal government. And wow. in, and during that time, Trimark had a big turnover in terms of, uh, you know, top-level brass. And the people who were, you know, shepherding along Ginger Snaps left and Trimark dropped out, so they had to go find a new producer, and luckily they landed with Lionsgate. Mm-hmm. And then they secured the money from Telefilm Canada, and so the the pre-pro process was long. They had a script for almost two and a half years. Um, wow. And during that time, they brought in a story editor to kind of not significantly rework it, but spend a lot of time polishing it up, and I think, um, I think that went well. I'm, you know, everyone speaks very positively about that process. There's a guy named Ken Chubb uh, who came in and they honestly spent two years like taking the script from a place where they liked it to a place where they really, really liked it. Um, yeah, that's interesting because you don't often see story editor credits in feature films. Yeah. And I noticed that 
during the credits. Segment. Yeah. Because that's something you see a lot on TV. Right. Um, but not, not so much in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, ah, taking a sip of water. Anyways, so for anybody, you may not ne- recognize the names of John Fawcett and Karen Walton, but... So I was like, this movie is so great. I'm very curious as to see what else they've done. Do you know what their big credit is now? Uh, I think I think I looked it up, and it, I don't. Is it spoiling it if I say it versus you? No, I'm at. <laughs> is yeah, is it Orphan Black? Yeah. So Fawcett okay. is one of the showrunners on Orphan Black, and Karen Walton is an EP, and she wrote a number of episodes. So he created it with one other person. Um, yeah, oh, and cool. there was again, and it was that's that's a Canadian production as well. But in between Ginger Snaps and Orphan Black, that those are really the two things that he would be known for. And I think Karen mm-hmm. Walton as well. Lots of Canadian stuff, like I said, but not much that broke through, you know, internationally. Have you ever seen Orphan Black? I've only watched like an episode or two. I have not. I have never heard anyone say anything bad about it. Yeah, it was fun. I just. You know, I don't know. Just I think I started trying to watch it at a time when I wasn't able to watch a lot of TV shows. And yeah, off. yeah. But I should I should go back to it. Um, yeah, it's definitely on my list of stuff I want to check out. And like I've seen Tatiana Maslany and like some other stuff, and mm-hmm. I like her a lot. I think she she seems great, and I like have always been interested in watching that show. Um, the only other thing I wanted to really touch on, um, you know, there's there's a lot of cool back behind the scenes stories. The old, like, GeoCities-esque website for Ginger Snaps is still up. Oh, no um, shit, really? Yeah, so if you guys want to uh, take a trip down memory lane, if you go to ginger-snaps.com, uh, you can check out the original website for this. I love that they, you know, whoever they have to pay for hosting. If you go, what's weird about it, and this is going to sound... This oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of in the weeds. You you have to Google it. If you try to go straight to the URL for me for some reason, it doesn't work. But like, oh, it worked for me. Okay, great. I might just have a problem with my computer, but I was able to get to it. And there's actually a lot of great stuff there. So I won't bore people too much with all the BTS stuff because it's there uh, for you to peruse if you're interested. Um, but I will say that so your your leads um, are two female leads, Emily Perkins plays uh we'll get we'll get into it the younger sister Brit younger sister Bridget and then mm-hmm. Catherine Isabel plays Ginger who we know uh from Freddy versus Jason right yes um yes. so the two of them the fun trivia fact that everybody likes to throw out there is that they went to like the same preschool elementary school and high school and were repped by the same agency and, oh wow! And had known each other, you know, for fifteen years, and you know, went to an audition together and read together, and it was after like months and months and months of casting, and they hadn't found anybody they liked, and they saw their tape, and they're just like, these two are perfect, and I agree, they are wow, perfect. That's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, they're really good. I think they both do a great job with some pretty complex stuff. And as like young actors, like they were both, you know, in their late teens. Uh, I think, I think Perkins might've been in her twenties by the time they shot this, but um, yeah, tough shoot shot in the winter uh, in, Mm. in Canada uh, where it tends to be pretty cold. Um, 
lot of illness going around the set, a um, lot of days running long. There's a fun story from the DP that they got so behind schedule that they were starting um, shoot days like six hours late. And so the, a lot of the scenes specifically, um, I want to say they're the ones that are shot in the kind of uh, greenhouse that Sam lives in, right? Yeah. Off like the back of his house we've seen a party later on. So Sam the drug dealer. All the daytime stuff in there was shot at night. And they just took four of literally the biggest lights you can get, right? They're they're called daylights. Uh, Eric, you're probably mm-hmm. familiar with this. 20 kilowatt lights. Um, just for perspective, if, if anybody's wondering what that's like. So like the, the lamp in your house that's like lighting your room tends to be like 40 to 80 watts, right? So <laughs> if you take 10 of those you get a kilowatt and then if you take it really more like 20 of those and then you multiply that by 20 so we're talking about 400 times the light output of your standard like light fixture right four of those that famously could be seen by airplanes 20,000 feet in the sky flying Jesus over Canada Christ. yeah uh just so they could shoot all night long and pretend it was daytime um wow yeah but uh, overall, I think everybody has fairly fond memories of shooting this, despite the fact that it was pretty taxing. It's the same story you always hear. Catherine Isabel had to spend X amount of hours in a makeup chair, because we all know prosthetics take forever to apply. Um, but yeah, um, that's most of the stuff I wanted to touch on. And then one thing, I mentioned this towards the top, but Fawcett, when he was conceiving this, brought it to Walton who um you know basically said I don't really like horror. <laughs> I think they're like you know and I think that's not an uh a crazy thing to hear. And he was like no just do like write it however you want to. It's like it's a it's a horror movie. He wanted to do transformation, he wanted to do werewolves, but outside that he was like write whatever kind of script you want. Mm-hmm. Just like make sure that there are werewolves in it. Um, cuz he was really excited about this idea he talked about drawing a lot of inspiration from the transformation in The Fly, right? Sure, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so and you can definitely see the bones of that throughout this. But yeah, that's my spiel on uh, the production of Ginger Snaps. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to cover or you want to mention? No, I don't think so. I remember this was a movie that I know he shouldn't be talked about these days. But um, Harry Knowles from Ain't It Cool News ah, yeah. was like a big champion of, and I think that's how I became aware of it mm-hmm. to begin with. Uh, yeah, so as you know, as a fucking film nerd. Yeah, you and Harry Knowles used 90s. to. You guys used to hang out together a lot, right? <laughs> hey, hey, now I did one time see him in Austin. Actually, I was ah. at a, a screening for one of my movies for the Austin Film Festival, mm-hmm. and uh, before that, there, Peter Bogdanovich was giving. Uh, a speech and then Harry Knowles wheeled by in his rascal scooter. <laughs> Good man. Good man. Yeah. Cool. Good man. <laughs> Good man. And on that note, let's take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors and then we'll be back to talk about this movie. Sweet. So we open up on a shot of a Canadian suburb. It's called Bailey Downs. And I noticed that lots are starting at $175,000. That's Canadian. Not so not I mean, as, that's not cheap. That's not right? cheap. No. no. No, it's not. 
uh, especially for just a lot. But I, yeah, you know, maybe and in, ni- in 1999. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. All right. Um, we get a little boy in a sandbox, a woman raking. It's idyllic. And he wipes his face, and there's blood on it. And his mom's like, what, what do you got there? And it's a dog's paw. <laughs> and then, oh, shit, she turns around, and their dog, Baxter, is absolutely torn to shreds. Yeah, Kenda didn't love this. <laughs> no, there's a lot of dog murder in this movie. Yeah. Uh, to the point where I was like, so there's not a body count. Like, nobody dies for a while, but right. lots of dogs die. Should I start counting the dogs? <laughs> I didn't. Um, yeah, we can count each one as half a person. <laughs> uh, so then we, she screams, and we push in on the bl- blood-covered doghouse. Uh, the title card looks cool. It's like has like that big fuzzy like ginger snaps written in the background. It's kind of it's kind of moving. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe, but after like three Deep Blue Sea movies where the title card looked like shit, it was nice to see yeah. a good one. So then after the after that we meet Bridget. Uh, she's the dark haired younger sister. She has a chainsaw, gas can, extension cords. Um, she sees the the screaming neighbor uh, running out with you know, crying about her, the dead dog. Um, these kids playing hockey laugh at the, <laughs> at the woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she is a, oh, I don't love to use the word, a little histrionic. So yeah, yeah. She is going a little nuts. Yeah. I guess I would be pretty, pretty torn up. No pun intended. <laughs> if my dog was just fucking blown apart. <laughs> oh yeah. I'd be upset too, but I don't think I would run into the front yard. It collapsed to my to... knees. <laughs> Um, so then we uh, we meet Ginger. She's putting a butcher's knife up to her wrists in her, in their like basement bedroom. Um, Bridget enters. And she's like Baxter's fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> really, just like yeah, taking that dog death real easy. Yeah. Um, and so Ginger is thinking about effective ways to kill herself. She's like, "Fuck, wrists are for girls. I'm slitting my throat." And Bridget's like, you should definitely hang. Oh, no, two Bridget. She's like, you should definitely hang. Uh, they have a suicide pact together. And their, their, um, the thing they keep repeating, their mantra is out by 16 or dead in the scene, I believe yeah. is what they say. It's a little hard to understand. I don't totally get it because don't both those things mean being dead? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't totally get it. But together yeah. forever, they end it with. Right. Um, so they had they they made this suicide pact when they were eight years old, which seems pretty pretty dark, pretty young. Oh wait, hold on. It's because they want to leave. It's like out right. by sixteen or doesn't dead. mean being dead. Got it's like it. Got either it. it's like it. we're out of Bailey Downs or we're dead. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, they both have scars on their palms, which I thought was a really cool detail of like at yeah. one point they did a blood pact with it right yeah and it's like a cool little uh you know they don't really make a point of it until later um then we see ginger impaled on a f- on a fence and <laughs> bridget's like yeah too much blood and i can see your gaunch <laughs> did you did you google gaunch no i thought about it did you i did just to confirm it means what you think it means. Okay. <laughs> it's but it's Canadian. That's Canadian slang. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. We should bring Gonch back. <laughs> Bridget takes a picture of her, then over credits we see all of their various dramatized death pictures. Yeah. Um 
very much like the like Harold and Maude. Yeah. Like Harold doing all of his fake suicides. Right. A fun piece of trivia about this. So I guess they shot a lot of these photos just in a house uh, that was occupied, that they were just renting. And the four-year-old child of the homeowners was there the whole time, sitting in the living room watching a like TV. Oh God! So so every time they would like, they were doing their costume and makeup changes in the basement and like getting dressed up to look like they were dead. <laughs> and every time they came upstairs, some PA would have to go like distract the four-year-old kid so they could sneak out of the house <laughs> without traumatizing him. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, there's a great name. I don't know if he's. I think he's an actor. Uh, Jean Bourgeois. <laughs> you see that? <laughs> it sounds like a fake name. It's like. It sounds yeah. It sounds like a a John's name for like yeah uh, for the hotel record. Like uh, my name is Jean uh, John Bourgeois. B- bourgeois. Yeah. <laughs> bourgeois. I've stayed here before. Uh, I like the music too. Over the credits is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, this movie has a, a soundtrack of, like, largely sort of industrial, uh, like, kind of new metal tech, or, like, gothy stuff, but it's, like, it's good. It's, like, not bad, and it fits. Yeah, and, like, the original um, score stuff, I think, is is pretty strong. Yeah. Um, so then we see a class full of people, and they're watching these pictures on a slide projector, and the teacher is absolutely flabbergasted. Uh, teacher slash guidance counselor, I guess he's a little bit of both. No, the guidance counselor isn't that, or is that the nurse that tells them all about their period? That's different. That's the nurse. Okay, then maybe um, he is. Yeah. So, well, that was completely disturbing, wasn't it? And he says he's totally sickened by it, and then uh, says to see him in the guidance office. Um, and then one of the dudes in the class is like, can I see the ones with ginger again? And the class <laughs> applauds. <laughs> that was, that was funny. She doesn't hate it. No, yeah. she doesn't hate it. Uh, she she is the older of the two sisters. Yeah. And uh, is starting to get more um, attention from the, mm-hmm. the men. And I guess uh, Bridget would be more of like the wallflowery type. She, she has like a really – Bridget has great body language in the mm-hmm. movie. Uh, she's yeah. like kind of like her shoulders are slumped forward. She's like kind of curling into herself. Yeah. Part of what made me so impressed with uh, her acting in this movie is, do you know the one thing uh, when she was younger that that she did that uh, that people would recognize? I always uh, quiz no, you I don't on think this. So. Yeah. So Emily Perkins plays young Beverly Marsh in the original It miniseries. So. Oh no shit. Yeah, so she's got a big wig on in this one. Uh, that it's pretty easy to tell. She's wearing a shitty wig, um, yeah. Oh, but well. yeah, she, it's a very different character. Um, and a part of that is because she does have like sort of naturally reddish hair. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, totally different, you know, performance and pretty impressive range for you know someone of young age. Um, so then we go to a field hockey. A lot of field hockey scenes. Was field mm-hmm. hockey big where you grew up? It was the, I mean, at my school, it was the fall sport for women. Yeah, same. Um, in high school, so I wouldn't. I don't know that it was big, but it was like around. I. I wonder if I, it is as much of a thing in like the southern part of the world, like well, not of the country. Probably not. I, probably I'm not, guessing right? no, no. I don't think so. Hmm. It's like lacrosse. You know, it's like they're both. I think they both have their origins in kind of uh, like Native American sport. Mm. 
write to us if you guys had field hockey tell us where you're from and if you had field hockey and if it was a big deal because it was for it was for my for my school in maine uh anyway we meet some dudes they're ogling them and uh looking at ginger's like i bet she's good to go you want to do a fitzgerald no you little <laughs> not the little dweeb you goinks <laughs> some... goinks yeah the one with um, the rack the redhead yeah i thought it was funny it just kind of reflecting on the cultural shift it's like oh yeah this back then was the thing where it's like these guys are like mainstream these like douchey dudes Mm -hmm. uh and that ginger and bridget are like very fringe right they're so goth and it's because they're like smart and like they're kind of over it and how much that's at least as far as i can tell it's sort of shifted now where it's like if those three dudes like walked into a 2020 high school they would be such wild outcasts yeah absolutely (laughs) that's kind of what that 21 jump street movie is about absolutely (laughs) i think that's one of the best sort of meta jokes in that movie it's just (laughs) it's like high school has changed very much yeah and for the better probably um and then uh, bridget's like high school is such a mindless breeder machine total hormonal toilet and at that like this is around when I was like, uh oh, <laughs> like, yeah, is maybe this movie doesn't age as well as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they start like improving the two sisters improving obituaries for their classmates, and Trina, one of the girls, overhears them, mm-hmm. and then uh, times over. <laughs> I thought it was ballsy that Ginger's smoking a cigarette, yeah, like, on the field. <laughs> It is funny. Does it feel to you like this this scene in particular, their dialogue and everything that happens and then, you know, spoiler, we're about to like have like a shock scare, right? It all seems a little less grounded than the rest of the movie does. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. Um so the time's over. They're back to playing field hockey. That girl Trina pushes down Bridget. Um and then someone's like that's four dogs this week. And then we look, and she's got knocked down into a dead dog. Yeah, on the field. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think someone would have noticed that dog carcass Yeah, I think earlier. so, too. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, and then Ginger obviously goes to Bridget's defense and tells Trina never to touch her sister again. Uh, in the bathroom, the, the old janitor who should not be in there <laughs> when there's a girl in there <laughs> hands Bridget fair. a towel to wipe the blood off of her face uh ginger checks in on her um they're like well trina has a rottweiler so they come up with a plan to kidnap it mm-hmm. they pretend to kill it basically take their death photos right. with the dog just to like terrorize trina a little dark little dark yeah I'm glad they didn't actually. They weren't actually going to like. Let's just kill the dog. I mean, they end up <laughs> killing the dog. I'm pretty sure, but <laughs> one of them does. One of them yeah. does. Uh, and then uh, we cut outside. Trina's getting drugs from the sexy drug dealer Sam. A lot of mm. cool kids named Sam in the '90s. I'm yeah. thinking primarily of Clarissa. Clarissa explains it all. Explains it all. <laughs> the similar haircuts. <laughs> yeah, on very Clarissa's similar. Sam and this Sam. A little bit of a butt cut. With an ex, um, with like a with a curly flip, you know. I don't know if I've ever heard it called a butt cut. That's good. You don't know butt cut? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah, parts in the middle like butt a butt. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Trina's into Sam, and then the dude who's ogle, who's ogling Ginger on the field. I think his name is Jason. 
approaches her and he's like, I think we should get together. And then she says no, and he immediately says, "You're a bitch." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, her, I, I took a note because I love her line read on this. I think it's really good. He like gives her his whole sleazy spiel, and she just kind of goes, "Um, no," and then walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really good. Uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, then we cut to this kid, the neighbor, the neighbor kid in his full-on hockey uniform. Uh, playing hockey in his driveway, a little yappy dog next to him. Um, and then, uh, so Bridget is all freaked out by Jason coming on to Ginger. Mm-hmm. She's like, promise me, swear you won't go average on me. And then uh, we meet their we meet their parents, their mom, who's like unloading a, a van full of dried flowers for crafts. Yeah, played by Mimi Rogers. Yeah. Certainly the biggest star in this film. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, first kept wife of Tom Cruise. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, but she's great. She's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, Austin Powers. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Mimi Rogers fan. Um, she, uh, the parents, her especially, tonally feel off at the beginning. But mm-hmm. I think she comes around by the end yeah. of the movie. Where... Yeah, I mean, I do. It almost makes me wonder if they shot this mostly chronologically and just like everybody kind of got into, like, really kind of got, got it at a certain point. It sort of clicked uh-huh. and they figured out the tone because it really does, as it progresses, to me at least, becomes, feels like a more and more legitimate kind of movie right it starts out almost exaggerated and i feel like by the two-thirds mark i'm like this is like a legitimately good movie yeah yeah um so then they're at dinner ginger's complaining that her back hurts and her mom her mom knows what's up and she's like hey well does it hurt this way this way and this thing she's like oh my god do you think it's cramps give it a rest and the dad's like pam we're eating here he's he's totally (laughs) sickened by the thought of of menstruation (laughs) oh fuck uh the mom lets it drop the both of the girls are three years late menstruating uh and this was something that always confused me and i had Mm -hmm. had to pay attention to it this time the younger sister they're both in the same grade because they're a A year apart year apart yeah but she skipped a grade skipped a grade she skipped yeah yeah and in reality, uh, the actress who plays Bridget is older. Really? She's yeah, like I think by a couple than... years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's just kind of got a, a younger look. Um, so Ginger gets sent to her room for being too edgy and fresh. <laughs> her father and mom uh, are like, we have to go somewhere tonight. Uh, so stay in the house. There's an animal killer on the loose still. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they sneak out. They're going to go kidnap Trina's dog. And they brought along a, a bag of, I think, fake guts. Or maybe they're real guts. Never really clear on that. Yeah. Um, and they're, like, cutting through a, a playground. And they find a dead dog. And like, well, perfect. Let's use this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. Just take its leg. And they notice, oh, it's still warm. So whatever killed it is close by. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really gross moment where they're trying to pick it up and the leg just just comes off and Bridget's hands completely separates from the body and the sound like the sound work here is very good it's squelchy and uh, unsettling it's 
gross. Yeah. And Bridget notices, like, Ginger, you, you got some blood on you. But no, it's coming from between her legs. Her pe- She finally got her period. B, I just got the curse. <laughs> <laughs> Kill yourself to be different and your body screws you. If I start simping around tampon dispensers and complaining about PMS, shoot me, okay? I'm pretty sure she said simping. She did. I wrote this down uh and i was like wait what does simping around mean yeah um yeah and then this is again like uh i googled this and it's what i could find on the old urban dictionary is mostly the way we use it now which is most is like how eric behaves around uh, (laughs) sex workers on twitter um That is untrue. <laughs> yes. No, it, it, you, you know, you've got some backbone. Um, <laughs> you're a little more aggressive with them. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is a joke. Uh, anyways, uh, simping around, just like kind of, uh, I guess, just uh, milling about is my best guess. Okay. So like yeah. weekly milling about. Yeah, just being. I mean, I think simping always meant being lame, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simp. It's no simp September, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Leading into no nut November. I don't know what's in all October. Right. I guess we can let it all fly. Let the ropes <laughs> shoot as we, as we want. <laughs> Eric, my mom, and my sister listen to this podcast. That's ours. Yeah, it is. They know. You know what? what? About. They know what they're in for. <laughs> Uh, so they noticed that the little springy horse on the playground is still moving. Yeah. And then suddenly, very quickly, Ginger is carried away into the woods by a snarling beast. Uh, and Bridget's kind of standing there in shock, and she hears Ginger screaming from the woods. And suddenly Ginger's, like, running back at her. Mm-hmm. But the thing, whatever, it's a werewolf. Spoiler, I don't know why I'm hiding it. <laughs> we all know it's a fucking werewolf movie. Right. The werewolf is chasing her. It bites mm-hmm. Ginger's leg and hand and side. Uh, Bridget smacks at it with, with like her Polaroid camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it like it goes off. Like it flashes in the in the werewolf's eye and it distracts it. So they run out of there. And it's hot on their tail. They come to a road, run across the street, and just then Sam in his van smashes into the werewolf, completely splattering it. Yeah, it's a good it's a good car hit. It yeah, looks, it really it is. It looks pretty gnarly. Yeah. Uh, he gets out to look and sees it's all torn up. And I like there's like a nice shot of the claw and like the fingers twitching. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and I I'll just say that like we get very sparing glimpses of the werewolf in this scene. Yes, and that's how it should be. Yes, uh, and then later towards the climax of the movie we get very long shots of the werewolf and, and maybe it's... not how it should be <laughs> yeah exactly very rubbery yeah. fleshy looking werewolf yeah best kept in the shadows i think yeah yeah uh so they get back home no one's home yet ginger's totally fucked up her shoulders all clawed up um they're both doing great jobs acting like panicked mm-hmm. which is like one of the harder things to act yeah i would say um, I mean, that whole sequence that we just finished, like, gave me real anxiety. Like, yeah, yeah. when when uh, Ginger gets pulled into the woods and, and Bridget's by herself, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is 
horrifying and it's like what would you do it's like you kind of have to go in to like protect the people you love but also it's like so scary yeah. and uh yeah they they do such a good job playing all these emotions i think uh so but then they notice that ginger's wounds are already healing like she's healing very fast bridget mm-hmm. wants to call 911 but ginger convinces her not to uh, and then later it cuts to later and Ginger's like asleep on Bridget's lap and she's Bridget's trying to pry the jammed photo out of the Polaroid and she finally gets it out and it's like the wolf's the werewolf's face, like the corner of its face. Yeah. Um so then it's in health class, they're learning about like viruses or parasites or something. You know, heavy allusion to what's happening, like it's taking mm-hmm. over the cells and yeah, and that was that was a really specific thing in the script and from both the writer and the director that they wanted to portray the werewolf thing as like almost as natural as possible in this movie. Uh-huh. That there wasn't going to be a lot of like mysticism and supernatural about it so much as it was just like it's like a disease that you get. That's cool. I like yeah. that. I like that approach. Mm-hmm. Um so in health class, yeah, I just said that. Um Ginger looks like shit. Uh, and then cuts to them in a health, uh, a drugstore, and they're looking at tampons. <laughs> like, well, this one comes with a free calendar. Uh, <laughs> Ginger's in pain. And then Jason, the dude from the field who's hitting on Ginger, is at the register. Uh, and, you know, they're, like, embarrassed about buying tampons. And he's like, diss me or whatever, but I got three sisters. Nothing takes the edge off like a good toke because he sees that Ginger's in pain. Right. Um, maybe I like my edge. Thanks. But then they're in Sam's van without Sam, which I thought was funny. Yeah. <laughs> in his van smoking his weed. Just like there's nothing. Good idea to piss off your drug dealer. <laughs> uh, so it's like Jason, his two buds, and uh, Bri- uh, Ginger, Bridget's like waiting outside. She mm-hmm. notices the damage on the front of the van and Sam walks up and she's like, she's like, what'd you hit? It's like, well, officer look like a lycanthrope to me. Uh, so he kind of like immediately pegs it for what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, so then he, he catches on that there's people in the van and they're apparently in there without his permission. He kicks them out. And <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny. Trina, then he's like approaches him's like Samuel what happened to your truck <laughs> just call him Samuel yeah it is very weird that they try to play this like she's like all a little bit more proper stuck up a little a more of a basic uh but then also she's like has some sort of relationship or wants to have a relationship with the drug dealer it's like it's a yeah. weird dissonance um between their it characters is. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to mention, too, was just in that exchange Sam has with Bridget, uh, the lycanthrope thing, she also is, immediately is like, I know what a lycanthrope is. Yes. And yes. kind of early on establishes this rapport that the two of them have, which I thought was an interesting way to go, that it's just like neither one of them, both of them are pretty sure it was a werewolf. <laughs> like, yeah. from the beginning. They don't do this crazy, like, wait, could it be? It can't be. It's like, both of them are like, no, it seemed like that was a werewolf. Yeah, and it's cool. I like it. It's sort of like an improv. Is a thing called playing at the height of your intelligence. It's like, mm-hmm. 
you don't have like we don't have we know it's a werewolf movie. We the audience know it's a werewolf movie. Right. There's not. It's kind of like the problem with Deep Blue Sea three. We know yeah. what it is. We don't mm-hmm. want to watch the people in the movie figure it out for the next half an hour. Let's yeah. just get on to fun and games with it. Totally. If it was something new and novel, then that's a that's a different story. But it's like werewolf is such a tried and true trope that I think, like you you said, this is the right way to go is to just like run with it because we don't need to catch everybody up. Yeah, and I think it also helps that they're teenagers too, because you're mm-hmm. kind of like more apt to believe things when you're a teenager. Absolutely. As, as far as like you know, if if me as a 38 year old man saw a werewolf, I probably would be in <laughs> denial about it. You try to you try to explain it away as something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Trina's dog tries to attack Ginger. There's just like something about Ginger now that is triggering mm. something, and she kicks the dog. They're pretty mean to dogs in this movie. Yeah, this movie is rough for the dogs, and I can attest that it's a little difficult to watch with a very passionate dog lover. Yeah. In the bathroom, Bridget checks uh, checks in on Ginger. Her wound is like almost healed now, but there's like hair growing out of it. Mm, and gross. Bridget's like pulling all the pieces together. It's like you were bitten on a full moon. Now you're hairy. And then, uh, oh, Ginger starts to get her period on the floor. (laughs) Um, And then we cut to the school nurse. (laughs) Yeah. This is is funny. It's like, it's a period, a thick, surrey, voluminous discharge. It's not uncommon. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb, and I want to say that even though I read plenty, I definitely saw this movie when I was like 16, probably, maybe 17 Mm -hmm. years old. And I learned a lot about periods from this scene. I remembered this scene. And, like, as a teenage boy, I was like, oh, okay, all right, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't pay any fucking attention in sex education. <laughs> I was um, busy joking around with my friends. So, you know. <laughs> I was busy being, t- like, stifling my laughter. <laughs> um she has yeah, that was funny. She hands him condoms on the way out. Do kids even use condoms nowadays? <laughs> we really. I was thinking about this, man. We got. Uh-huh. Sorry, Mike's mom and sister. We got <laughs> screwed so royally. Uh-huh. As How? far as like, as far as like, like free love and sex goes, because when we were kids growing up, the fear of AIDS yeah. was ground into us. That's true. So hard. Mm-hmm. That I like, we were like, I don't want to speak for you, but I know with myself and my wife, we were terrified of yeah. like doing anything. And then now, kids these days, kids these days, young people, like in their 20s, like fucking STDs are coming back because nobody uses condoms anymore because nobody, like, I don't know. It's it, <laughs> like we really like came up in the worst time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, you know, the 60s and the 70s would have been the right time, too, yeah, I, I think. <sighs> I don't I don't wish I don't wish that I came of age sexually now because no. I feel like I feel like the internet is ruining everything for everyone. Right. And now uh, there's COVID too, so there's just yeah. like a whole other thing yeah. you have to worry about. Yeah, I don't want to be the old man on the lawn, but I'm also just like gee, what could what good could like free access to all information and all pornography of every stripe be doing oh. to pubescent kids it's not good it can't be good there's a really good um podcast called the butterfly effect i've listened to it oh you oh good it's great i love it yeah Uh, 
John Ronson's podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he talks about that and just like kids are less sexually active now, which I guess is sort of a positive thing. I, I say kids, yeah, I mean like teenagers. Right. Um, which it's definitely positive for kids to be less sexually active. Yes. But they're like kind of, they're also not socializing as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially now. Anyway, back to Ginger Snaps. <laughs> um, Ginger's mom finds your period panties <laughs> and sprays stain remover on it. Have um, we had the conversation about the bear yet? Bears? <laughs> Did we miss that? Or is that... I don't remember. I didn't write a note about when it came up. I just... I don't remember I wrote the is. quote. Bridget just telling Ginger that she she heard that bears go after you when you're on the red. Oh, I, and, did, I don't even think I caught that. <laughs> and they were both like, well, that wasn't a fucking bear, was it? Oh, was like, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. Then I think that did happen. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that that line. Yeah. On the red. Uh, at dinner, she gives a strawberry shortcake to, to Ginger and is like making a big deal out of her becoming a woman. And the dad is uncomfortable because, you know, dads. Uh, Ginger thinks that Bridget ratted on her, which is kind of like the first of the perceived um, infractions on their relationship. Yeah, a little rift. Uh, so they start arguing, kind of both of them just disturbed by this new power dynamic of Ginger becoming a woman. Ginger thinking that Bridget is, you know, ratting on her. Bridget kind of being like, well, you're not the, you know, you changed overnight. Mm-hmm. And also being attacked by a werewolf, obviously. <laughs> um, and then Bridget starts making a, ch- a calendar to track the full moon and Ginger's period. And this is how dumb I am. <laughs> uh, where it's like, it took me now to be like, oh, yeah, werewolves, full moon, once a month, periods, once a month. There is a big, <laughs> strong connection. <laughs> there is. Also, I assumed uh, there uh, did they buy the 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 tampons with the calendar and they're using that calendar? It must be that calendar, yeah. I think that's what it is, which I also thought that was funny. Um so she ends up doing some research on werewolves, a very classic horror movie, just gets some books from the library and knows everything after. And she also finds <laughs> Ginger's I man Ginger's crazy pube razor I wrote, but it's her werewolf razor. <laughs> I don't want to be too crass that's, here, guys. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so Ginger comes to school and she's got these two cool new gray streaks in her hair and is wearing like a super revealing outfit. Um, I don't know why I made a note of this, but she has a crazy long torso. <laughs> like, yeah. She's like previously been covered up, but now mm-hmm. like when she takes it off and I have a crazy long torso, so I can, yeah. I, I, I sympathize with you, sister. I see that. Yeah. Uh, also, I just I love the outfits, her outfit, and also just all the other outfits. I'm like, this is I flashes of Jason X. I was like really feeling the uh, the that wardrobe coming back. Yeah, yeah. And I had a big crush on Ginger too when I was we uh, when I was you know 1990 or 2000 yeah. when I was watching this. And she she cute, she cute. Um, you know now she's a child, so I don't really think of her that she, way. Unlike I think you. She- well no okay first of all it doesn't count um so famously deceased comedian and friend of mine harris whittles had uh a very controversial i don't even know if he ever turned it into a stand-up joke i think he maybe just tweeted it once and talked about it a lot that it was like it's not creepy 
to remember teenage sexual experiences as long as you had them. It's like it's that's the yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's like if you thought Catherine Isabel was hot when you were seventeen or eighteen, that is okay to go back in the memory banks. Uh, I don't know if that's <laughs> technically true. Uh, maybe there's like a statute of limitations, perhaps. Well, this like... dovetails nicely to what I did on Friday mm-hmm. after our... Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. After uh, Mike and I engage in a uh, sometimes weekly Zoom call with friends and we'll just have, mm-hmm. some, have some drinks and yeah. talk. Uh, after which I pulled out my yearbook my senior yearbook. Um, I don't remember why I was like trying to find somebody. And yeah. I was just like looking through and I was like, man, it's crazy that the girls I had crushes on when I was in high school, I look at these pictures now and I'm like, they just look like children, like normal children. <laughs> like not, not even like super pretty girls. They're just like, no, she's just a normal girl. Who's like yeah. 17, 18. Uh, That's, this is for all you normal girls out there. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> Not to Eric and I. We're we're no, adults. Adult. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, but you know, to your to your peers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I don't even want to talk to anybody below the age of like 27 at this point. Yeah. I mean, this is we definitely should uh, walk softly in this territory because I uh, weekly speak to multiple uh, teenaged girls <laughs> because of my job. <laughs> Oh, Cur- sure. Yeah. I mean, currently tutoring the ACTs. So, <laughs> just to be clear, if you Googled me and found my podcast and decided to listen to this episode, <laughs> uh, you're wonderful. You have a lot to offer people of your own age. I'm not attracted to you. Of course. Moving on. <laughs> wow. Wow. Really going places with this. I like it. I like it. Uh, so, gotta cover the base. <laughs> all the dudes are like checking her out in the hallway. Um, and then like on the field hockey field, she's like straight up on top of Jason, <laughs> like making <laughs> out with him. And B is watching and is like incredibly disturbed by it all. Uh huh. Um, she walks home. Bridget walks home, and Sam sees her. Oh, this is a funny, funny like exchange. Like, hey kid, you got a smoke? And Bridget's like, no. He's like, well, he pulls out a cigarette from behind his ear. He's like, well, you got a light then? <laughs> um, what a little she, asshole. She dropped her Polaroid in his truck, the picture. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, he wants to know what it is. And it's the picture of the werewolf. Right. And he's like, well, that would explain the human circumcised dick on the werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> uh, back at home, Bridget's looking at Ginger while she's sleeping. Um, and like, she's like laying on top of her, her, well, anyway, her, you can see her butt basically in her underwear. <laughs> And she like pulls it down, and we see a little tail wiggling, like from yeah. like, her her cocky, coccyx, it's, coccyx. It's gross. <laughs> you know, no offense, Ginger. It's gross. It's gross. Um, she reports it back to Sam. But okay, yeah. So this is where, if if I were to criticize anything in this movie, mm-hmm. it would kind of be this storyline where Bridget Bridget is pretending to be the one who was bitten by the werewolf mm-hmm. uh, and not ginger to Sam. Right. Yeah. It doesn't last all that long. No, it's, it's just a, like a, another layer that I just don't think needs to be there. I agree. I think if it was always just Bridget 
getting going to Sam for help with her sister problem, I yeah. think it would just play easier. And yeah, I can I see the rationale behind it because it is sort of like, well, it's little infractions between the sister's trust that is whittling away. Right. But you know, I don't know. Um, it just kind of adds another layer. Um, so there's got to be a cure. Otherwise, there'd be more of them is Sam's rationale. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, well, maybe if you use this piercing kit uh, and with this, you know, hoop of pure silver, that could help. Right. So at school, Trina's like, why don't you get your slut bitch sister on a leash? Mm. Uh, because she's making out with, with Jason. Um, and he and Ginger blow her off. And to, to Bridget... Bridget to Jason. It's like, hey, she's ovulating. Watch out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Ginger and Jason are making out in this car. She's moving like too fast for him. It's like, take it easy. We got all night. Um, And then he's like, don't we need protection? Then she bites him and starts to like kind of morph and he screams and we cut away. Uh, She comes home. And wakes up Bridget up. She's like, Ginger, what happened? Did he hurt you? And Ginger's crying and she's covered in blood. She pukes blood yeah, into the gross. toilet, which is really <laughs> gross. Yeah. Uh, she's like, something's really, really wrong with me. I got this ache and I thought it was for sex, but it was to tear everything to fucking pieces. Um, and then Bridget's like, where is he? Where, where's Jace? And he's like, he's next door. And we're like, wait, what? The, what's she talking about? She killed Norman, the neighbor's dog. So we right. think she killed, which I thought was cool. She, we think we she think killed, she killed Jason, Jason, yeah. But she didn't. She killed the neighbor's dog. Uh, and then uh, Bridget sterilizes a piercing needle, and she's going to pierce Ginger's belly button, which is so 1999. It is, and it's also like, how do we really maneuver into this plot point it's a like a little clunky here where it's like wait why are why are we doing a piercing right like i know why bridget wants to do it but it's like how are we supposed to believe that they organically ended up in this situation and even this is like pretty gross she gets the needle stuck in her stomach well i wrote that this reminded me of return of the living dead 3 because with all of the gore and mauling of dogs like this is the hardest thing to watch for yeah me it really is movie. yeah it's gross. Um, how do you how do you feel? Wicked. Uh, so Jason is look. Oh no, I'm sorry, not Jason. Hockey boy, <laughs> not Jason Voorhees. Like the the boy next door. He's looking for his dog Norman. Then he screams. We cut to a wide shot of Bailey Downs in the girls' locker room. Bridget is helping Ginger tape her tail down, which is grown. It's gross. Yeah. Uh, Jason goes up to his boys on the field and he's all scratched and shit and is like breaking out. Yeah, <laughs> he looks noticed, fucking gross. He looks gross. And they're like, dude, your dick's bleeding. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like his, it's a pen. His, his baggy like cargo pants. There's <laughs> like a little spot of blood there. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's a red pen. Oh, shit. It's ink. I gotta go. <laughs> uh, Sam calls over to Bridget and ginger gets jealous what the fuck b did you get a boyfriend um and she asks okay so this is kind of weird bridget asks sam hey are you on drugs because you shouldn't be here if you you are and he gets mad at her 
and storms off. Ginger's mad at her, uh, even though even though it's her who you think okay, whatever. <laughs> great, great note taking, Eric. Um, <laughs> this is a few days ago too. It would have been fresher in my memory. Sure, um, sure. Trina calls both of them sluts and knocks Bridget over. Ginger goes nuts on her, punches her. She did warn her. She said if she touched her sister again, she'd kill her. Yeah, I thought this could have been more gruesome, like if Ginger like caused some real damage to her. Yeah, like, like maybe her split her lip or, yeah, just something real. It's a horror movie. Like, why not? Let's yeah. make it gnarly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so in the men's room, Jason starts pissing blood. It's, it's so uh, gross. It made my... Uh, yeah, it made my area, like, I fucking tensed yeah, up so much. <laughs> Ugh. Um, and then Bridget realizes that Ginger infected him through unprotected sex. So this is like a werewolf virus that is also a sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. It's kind of like COVID. Yeah, I guess. Did you ever read the um, comic book uh, Black Hole by Charles Burns? No, is that a euphemism for an orifice? <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be. It's it's uh, really brilliant. Okay. It's about a um, it's about a sexually transmitted disease that turns people to like freaks, basically, mutates okay. them, and then like the teenagers live in a colony outside of town. It's mm-hmm. short. I think it's only like seven or eight ep- like issues, and okay. it's not like it's more artsy fartsy than it is like wham bang like kind of. Oh yeah, I mean. That's all I read. I read a bunch of the image stuff, but yeah, I don't really read like mainstream. Yeah, comic you should books. check it out. It's called Black Hole. I'm sure it's cool. available wherever. Um, so they meet up with Sam. Ginger sees his pot farm. Wicked, smoke us up. <laughs> he shows Bridget a botanical textbook, and he knows a plant that might work. It's called Monk's Hood, uh, but it doesn't grow until spring. In uh, Ginger's like, we don't have time for that. She's growing a tail. So Ginger is now in on the lie that Bridget is the one who got bit. Right. Uh, yeah, and I wrote the fake out is like the weakest part. Totally. Uh, it just Bridget, doesn't matter. It's, it just doesn't why, matter. Why are we exactly. doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't raise the stakes at all. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Bridget tells Ginger to go home. And uh, <laughs> Ginger's like, fine, if you rapes, you don't come crying to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little rough on the ears. Yeah. Um, so back at home, Ginger's like shaving her legs, and she notices it's a claw coming through her foot. It's, it's gross. gross. And like, and it's the gross. <laughs> barges in. She's like, "You don't have anything I haven't seen before, honey." <laughs> <laughs> that actually, this reminds me. This is like a. I don't know if it's deliberate or not, but this is like a very, uh, very similar callback to the beginning of Teen Wolf. Um, oh sure. Right, so yeah, Michael J. Yeah, Fox right, is in yeah. his bathroom, and his dad literally is like trying to get into the bathroom, and he's like, "There's nothing I haven't seen before," and he and Michael J. Fox is like, "I'm not sure about that." Yeah, you know, and then oh, it turns yeah. out his dad is right because his dad is also a werewolf. So. I always thought his dad looked so funny as a werewolf. He does. He's like the cuddliest werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I should rewatch. I haven't seen Teen Wolf in forever. I fucking love that movie. It's got it's. I mean, like any like most '80s comedies, it has. It definitely has some good candidates for parts that aged the worst. <laughs> but uh, overall, I think it's a lot of fun. And it's Michael J. Fox. Who doesn't fucking love him? You know, yeah. American Treasure. Uh, so Trina 
at school corners Bridget, or maybe it wasn't at school, maybe it's outside. Um, but she saw that Ginger took her dog. Yeah, it's in their backyard. In their right? backyard. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, she shows up. She's like, she she wants her dog, um, and she's also pissed off about Bridget going with Sam. So both the sisters have wronged her. Ginger grabs her and drags her into the house and in the struggle knocks over like a carton of milk or something. Um, and Ginger blames Bridget for all of this and for choosing Sam over her. There's a lot of fighting. It's really frantic. Uh, Trina gets so stressed out that she pukes. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like, like, like this as a note. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's like, a, it's really stressful. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're like, it's heightening in a way like, Oh, you can't, there's no coming back for this. Like you just kidnapped mm-hmm. a girl. Right. She pukes. She grabs a knife, um, and then slips on the spilled milk or whatever it is, and falls and hits her head on the counter, the corner of the mm-hmm. counter, yeah, killing her. Body counts up to one. About an hour into the movie, first body. I want to know how often this happens to people in real life, like hitting your head and dying, because it happens in TV and movies all, all the, time. the goddamn time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it ha- almost happens to my son. If it, and if it weren't for, like, pads on the corners or me putting my hand in the way. <laughs> Have you ever watched any of those uh, video, like, supercuts of, like, just amazing dad saves? Yes, yes, yeah. I love those. those They're fucking great. Cra- it's, like, it is crazy how much it looks like second nature, these, like, insanely athletic feats of just, like, oh just grab a kid and i'm like yeah it's 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 very interesting to me yeah it's because uh, dads are the best as i i have <laughs> it's a very there's like okay there's so many inside jokes that i'm like peppering my son with that uh-huh. won't pay off for another 10 15 years okay when he remembers them and be like oh that was actually a funny thing that my dad did that i don't <laughs> didn't get because five right I, i'm i'm like for instance, I'm trying to instill him with the idea that dads are the most important things in the world, and that like you should salute a dad when he walks into the room. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> and it was basically like stolen valor, with, yeah, with me and my son. <laughs> um. So just then, the parents come home, and they they to like cover up for all the blood on the ground they pretend it's one of their death pictures yeah it's a good cover it is a good cover it's like it's corn syrup daddy you want some and like ginger like licks the mm-hmm. blood off her finger yeah uh and then her mom goes to put something in the big freezer in the garage and b distracts her because of course trina's body's in there uh later they check on trina and she's like frozen solid and they have to chip her out of there <laughs> and they accidentally like- break two of her fingers off yeah, it's gross. It's also, what a freezer. Jeez. Yeah, that's a hell of a freezer. Uh, so they sneak out of the house to dispose of her body, and her mom is upstairs. <laughs> like, like it cuts to their mom upstairs, and she's looking at an article called Why Your Daughter Dates Dummies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Mia Rogers in this movie. I think she's really good. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Uh, so they buried Trina in like a shed it's a weird shed is it like an ice fishing shanty or something like i i could be it's like, has a, like an open bottom 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Uh, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say that's what it is. You certainly would ice fish in Canada. You sure, know, that's yeah. a thing. Uh, relax. No one thinks girls do stuff like this. Um, Bridget says Ginger can't go out anymore. But she like Ginger's like, but I can't stay in. I'll go mental. Um, they make a plan. They're going to leave town. Uh, but oh shit, pans over. They drop the fingers on the lawn. Uh oh. So then at school, they're hang like people are hanging up posters, missing posters for Trina. Um, Bridget forges a letter from her mom, basically like excusing her from school. Jason grabs Bridget and brings her into a closet. He's like frantic. His fangs. He's covered in zits. He's freaking out. He's growing a tail. Uh, and he's like, you know what I did for fun last night? I killed my own freaking dog. Uh, <laughs> just then the uh, the janitor catches him and breaks it up. J- Bridget gets away. At dinner, Ginger's acting weird. Her mom knows that they haven't been going to school. because she got, she got a call from school. And the police want to talk to her about getting into a fight with Trina because she's missing now. I noticed that there's ham and chicken on the table, <laughs> like a full, a full Easter ham. <laughs> They're having um, build your own chicken cordon bleu. Oh yeah, that's true. It's like when you mix it up in your mouth, like when you like put milk and then chocolate sauce in your mouth. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> I put a slice of, I put a chicken breast, a slice of ham, and some meat. I let my mouth heat, melt the cheese. <laughs> did you i used to build chicken cordon bleu sandwiches at the dining hall at emerson because oh i don't know that i ever thought about that i always thought that i thought about three quarters of their regular meals were not very good no they weren't so i would very frequently get a fried chicken patty and then i take it over to the salad bar and i'd put a slice of ham on it and a slice of swiss cheese and then I'd make a little, I'd do a little honey mustard on the bun. And That's that a great was, idea. That was the sandwich I'd eat. Yeah. Have, have you ever had more tasteless pizza? That pizza was fucking terrible. And I ate it all the time, though. Yeah. And was it on the pod? I don't think it was on the pod. I think it was on our, our Friday call where we were talking about buying it from the convenience store, like after hours. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's just because it was like the only hot food you could get. And it was, God, it was terrible. It just tasted um, like nothing. Yeah. Also, the briefest of anecdotes. One time uh, at, in the dining hall, uh, my friend, your coworker, Ross, um, mm-hmm. we got in an argument where he said that the movie Biodome sucked and I threw an onion ring at him <laughs> and uh, it hit him in his open eye, and he, <laughs> which is not my intention. And he was really mad at me for like more than a day about it, and which I understand. But also, it was like, uh, yeah, that always uh, good memory. <laughs> <laughs> Biodome is fun. Uh, um, <laughs> so Bridget finds Monk's hood in her mom's craft room, her dried flowers. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the bathroom, this is gross. Ginger's trying to cut her tail off. And first thing tomorrow, they're going to figure out how to use the Monk's hood and take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we like see Bridget like sleeping with a baseball bat. Cause she doesn't trust Ginger anymore. <clears throat> and then the next morning, Ginger gets up first, goes into the bathroom, and Bridget traps her in there. She freaks out. Um, and so she leaves Ginger in the in the bathroom while she goes and tries to figure out this monk's hood situation. Right. 
she goes to Sam um, and thinks they decide that like they should inject it, which is big height, big heightening. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's hard to pull off too, but you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, inside like the bathroom, Ginger's like jonesing. She's scratching at the door. There's like bloody scratch marks on the, on the door, which is a gruesome yeah. touch. Um, they get the monk's hood ready to, to inject. It's very much just pretty much cooking it like heroin. And fills a hypodermic needle with it. Um, and, and Sam's like, understand, you may kill her trying to save her. So he's known the whole time. Yeah. It was actually Ginger was the one who was bit. Further proving that it just shouldn't have been a story point. <laughs> so Bridget goes home. Ginger has broken out and she's at school. Um, she flashes her tits to some kids in the hallway and gets caught by a teacher <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and then later we see her torso so maybe do you think it was like her her multi-nipples <laughs> or do you think she just hasn't changed that much yet i don't like, think I don't... when she's a werewolf when she's like turning into a werewolf you right. see her torso and she has like dog nipples yeah no i i yes i'm aware and no <laughs> i interpreted it as she was just flashing them got it um, yeah, but maybe that's because that's what I want to believe, you know? Man, what a thrill getting flashed when you're in high school. What a thrill. Yeah, seriously. Like, there was a time in my life when that was such an impactful thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's obviously changed, and it's okay. You know, that's fine. We all grow up. I remember I was on a beach once as a kid on vacation, and... I it's this sounds made up, but like a like there was some sort of radio like, you know, the radio station was down there and people were like drinking and like it was like a cool like we're at the beach on Block Island and the the official event ended. But somehow, like on the microphone, someone was emceeing and it and a wet t-shirt contest broke out. Oh like, shit. Unplanned. And I was in the water like a hundred feet away and just spent I don't know how long like trying to like see what was going on at a distance. And eventually my mom <laughs> my mom caught on and made us leave the beach and I was so mad. And I was probably twelve years old, I would say. <laughs> when I was when I was in high school um, my friend Becca. Did you know Becca Tabaski? I don't know that I did. No. Okay, she's from the Florida Keys. So okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> so for spring break one year, she's like, "We should is my myself, my friend Carol, my friend Dave, and our friend Ashley. Uh, Dave and Carol were a couple at the time, and um, they're like, let's go to the Keys for spring break. Like it won't sure. be a spring breaky kind of." because mm-hmm. like, we're staying under parents we're not that kind of people right um so we had a wonderful time but then we went to key west for one day and we're on like walking onto the beach and it was an actual party beach previously we had just been on like private beaches like sure near her house they weren't yeah. it was just like we were the only ones there and this was like a fucking spring break beach party uh-huh. bikini babes and like dudes playing volleyball and dave and i looked at each other and we're like holy shit here we go <laughs> and then right when we were stepping onto the sand the girls are like let's not go here this is lame we're like okay <laughs> we went uh, to yeah, some other this... like smaller beach or something yeah this this sucks yeah this sucks uh. yeah because yeah this this we definitely don't want to see anything here 
Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, Bridget is rushing to the school. She sees Jason trying to get like harass a little boy dressed like a dog. <laughs> it's Halloween. <laughs> I should mention it's Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, for some reason, this part stuck out to me, and I said, like, weird. There's like weird Dutch angles, and this part yeah. doesn't look good compared there to was, the rest of the movie. There were a couple earlier too. There was like when they go to the playground at the beginning before the werewolf attack. They we get a big Dutch angle too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this scene is shot. I want to say handheld, maybe. Maybe. And it feels weird. It's like you know, it's not like a shaky cam handheld, but it definitely feels like something from a cheaper movie, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just a matter of like getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she ends up attacking Jason. Ends up attacking Bridget, and she injects him in the neck with a syringe, and it works. It, it cures him of his lycanthropy or whatever they call it. And he it was like, it was sort of unclear that it worked. It was just like he just chilled out. I guess that yeah. was the whole thing. I like that he's like I have to go to class, and he walks <laughs> away with a needle sticking out of his neck. <laughs> yeah. And I will also say that this is the first of, I want to, I believe, two different times in this movie, at least for this one for sure, where I was just like, there's so much stuff in that syringe. It's like, do half of it. Yeah. And you don't save need the, the other half for your sister. I agree. I agree. Um, so Bridget goes to the guidance counselor's office and knocks, and the door opens, and Ginger grabs her in locks the door behind him. The guidance counselor is all torn up and dead. Um, body counts up to two. I noticed Ginger's eyes are starting to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bridget's like, we need to get this fixed. Um, she, and Brit, Ginger's like, so I can go to jail for the rest of my life. So she doesn't, you know, at this point she's in it. She doesn't want to get out of it because that just means she'll go to jail. Yeah. Um, so they're going to wait for everybody to leave and clean it up, which is a bad plan. I guess well, what else you do? They have a number of bad plans, especially towards the end of this movie. Their planning doesn't get any better. No. Back at home, her dad finds the severed fingers in the yard, and her mom is like, "Oh, it's just from one of those girls' death, one of the girls' death projects." But she kind of knows something's up because she puts them in Tupperware and puts them in the fridge. Yeah, she sells it to the dad, but she's not really buying her own story. Yeah. Uh, Bridget goes to find something to clean up the blood and leaves Ginger alone in the office. She finds a janitor's cart and the janitor is like in there sweeping up the floor. Um, and he opens the guidance counselor's door and then cuts away. And then Bridget comes back and we see him crawling down the hall, like crying with his neck bleeding. Uh, Ginger picks him up and throws him against some lockers and then throws him through some glass. But, so that we think he's dead for a second. He like kind of like goes still. Mm-hmm. And yep. then he starts to like, he's still alive. Like, Oh fuck. He's still alive. We can't leave him like this. He's infected. And then gingers kind of like claws into his chest and kills him. This made me a little bit sad, but it's also like, I guess you have to decide whether or not you believe gingers supposition that this guy is a pervert. Um, yes, right, because she's like, I didn't like the way he's looking at you, which he is yeah. a little creepy. Right, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say this man did not deserve to die. And Yeah, you know, I don't think so either. It's It, it bummed me out. Uh, so well, body count's up to three. 
Woo, three. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Ginger is like playing with the blood and the organs. She's like, it feels so good. It's like touching yourself. Um, and Bridget's like, we're almost not even related anymore. And then she, Ginger wants to turn Bridget so they'll both be werewolves. Right. And Bridget's like, I'd rather be dead than what you are. We have a pact. Um, so Ginger doesn't want to go back to being normal again. And she's like, stay out of my way, Bridget. And tell, I'll tell Sam you said hi. So threatening that she's mm-hmm. going to go after Sam next. Uh, their mom digs up the body in the shed. And she finds, like, she drives to find the girl. She finds Bridget on the street. Shows her the fingers. She knows what's going on. Then we have another party at a greenhouse. Well, actually, you know what? Freddy versus Jason was a party at a, uh, a cornfield. Uh, but Sam's throwing a rager for Halloween. Ginger enters. Her face is all changed. Her hair is all white. Someone's like, all right, Fitz, wicked costume, baby. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Sam's weighing drugs in the back. Um, and she goes right for him. She, like, opens up his shirt. Oh, opens up her shirt. She's got weird dog nipples growing in. Yeah. Before we move into this... This is like a cool trope, and I'm having trouble remembering where else I recognize it from. But this idea of like it's Halloween, so the person who looks like in like who has transformed or looks gross or freaky can go out safely. Yeah, yeah. It right. Happened, I'm trying. I'm struggling to think of other movies, but I know it happened a, a few times. Yeah. This. Hey, uh, leave us a voicemail. Write to us. Let us yeah. know. Make your own top five of of uh, these. This trope. <laughs> Maybe five's not enough, you know. Maybe it's top three. Anyways. <laughs> um, so Bridget and her mom arrive at the party, and she's going to – she uh, tells Bridget to go in there to get her sister. And first thing tomorrow, honey, I'm going to fill the house up with gas, and I'll light a match. And we'll just start fresh, just us girls. It'll be fun. <laughs> and then her, 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 just like what about dad she's like he wouldn't understand <laughs> and then it's like so i don't know is he gonna be in the house he would die exactly yeah. <laughs> is she saying she's gonna kill the dad or is they're just gonna leave without the dad they're I definitely gonna leave without him for sure i think she's saying they're gonna kill him <laughs> which i think is very yeah, funny it is i mean he definitely doesn't he's you know too grossed out by menstruation to continue to live with three women yeah so. Uh, so in the back room, Ginger's like coming on to Sam, and like straddling him, and he doesn't want it, but he's also not completely against it, which I related to. <laughs> Where he's like, yeah. "No, come on, stop!" But then he's like, kind of mm-hmm. like gets a little bit into it. I've been in that situation before, which I guess, in a way, if you want to paint it in a certain light, you could make the argument that I was kind of coerced, and that's. Gets into a gray area about consent and stuff like sure, that. But yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. also, it's like, I agreed to do what I did. It was just like, I definitely didn't want to intellectually, but it was like, well, I'm not this strong. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Those are the old days. That was college. You know, I have a story that I have to tell off the air to you. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> so f- finally, he's like, no, no. And he pushes her off. Bridget's making her way back there. And Ginger breaks Sam's arm <clears throat> and Bridget rushes in and uh, she, like Bridget cuts her palm mm-hmm. and she's like, all right, you wreck everything for me that isn't about you. And then she cuts Ginger's palm 
and they do their blood pact. So now they both have the werewolf disease. The curse. The curse. Uh, their mom gets bored and goes into the party with the fingers. <laughs> but the girls make their way out back. Ginger's turning. She's full on turning into a werewolf. Yeah. And Sam knocks her out with a shovel. Um, and uh, uh, the cure, she's like, the cure, the cure works. And this is the yeah. only way I could get her to come with me. So like, she yeah, was like, Bridget's I'm not pissed. actually going to turn yeah. into a werewolf. What's that? Yeah. Br- yeah. Bridget's pissed at Sam for knocking out. Yeah, Ginger. Exactly. She was like, like I was talked working. her in. Yeah. My plan was working basically. Exactly. Um, <laughs> like in the car, Bridget's like kind of starting to change herself. She's like sticking her head out of the window, like a dog. And her wound on her hand is uh, almost fully healed. Mm-hmm. And in the back of the van, Ginger starts to fully transform. Yeah. They get to the girl's house. The door, the van door, like, bursts open and Ginger runs into the house. Um, and the monk's hood is in there, so they need to get into the house. But Ginger's in the house. Um, they go in. Ginger's, like, banging around in there. Shit's torn apart. Like, the house is in ruins. Bridget finds the flowers, but she's starting to get sick. She can't feel her hand. Um, so they decide her and Sam decide they're going to hide in the pantry to mix the stuff up together and prepare the syringes. Um, and Sam's like, how about you take this and we get out of here? She's like, no. Um, so they come up with a plan to get ginger with the syringe. Like he's going to basically be bait that he opens a door and he's immediately attacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she drags him out the door and just starts ripping him to shreds. Yeah. Blood runs under the pantry door. B comes out of the pantry. There's blood all over the floor, but the syringe is still intact. Um, the blood trail leads down into their room in the basement. And on the way down, she trips on some stairs and drops the syringe under the stairs. Uh, she reaches for it. But just then, Sam screams from the back room, so she goes for him instead of getting the syringe. Yeah, and just to sort of set the scene a little bit, if you haven't seen this, their basement is sort of half unfinished. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is like an interesting, I don't know if it's a choice they made or if it's just like that was what they had to work with. They make good use of it in this scene, like by kind of in a way that maybe a normal house wouldn't have this kind of like maze or like haunt it's almost like a haunted house like quality yeah where yeah in a i mean we'll get to it in a second but like the settings that they go through here it's like there's all these unfinished parts of the basement and it's kind of cool it's cool yeah and um yeah it it reminded me of home because we had an unfinished basement for a long time Mm -hmm. or like friends homes um yeah and to be clear not like when i say unfinished i mean like partially finished i guess yeah like drywalls up and they're exposed two by fours and stuff totally there's a livable space in there Mm -hmm. um so he's breathing all shallow and werewolf ginger is like over him yeah, I my note here was that this guy is absolutely cribbing his like I'm slowly dying shallow breathing performance from Joe Morton in Terminator in 2. Terminator 2, yeah, yeah. Di- oh yeah. man, that Miles stuck Dyson. with me. Like, <laughs> yeah. The guy mm-hmm. has burned into my It's one of the great dying performances I've ever seen yeah. and this kid, this actor, uh, I mean, not a bad idea is absolutely like kind of mimicking that. 
It's, oh God, that is such a good death. Bridget dips her fingers into his blood and starts to lick it off to convince Ginger that she's, she's a werewolf now too. Um, and, but she can't, she can't fool her. She's, it's too gross. She pukes <laughs> and werewolf Ginger gets mad. She's like, I can't, I won't do it. So then Ginger kills Sam right in front of her body counts up to four. Uh, Bridget runs away. Ginger chases. She needs to get that syringe. She hides under the stairs. Ginger can't reach her. Um, but B's able to like through pounding like the walls down and crawling yeah. behind the walls. She's able to maneuver into their bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gets through some two by fours that Ginger can't get into. Kicks down the drywall and sneaks in. Uh, so she's backed up against a wall, knife in one hand, syringe in the other. The wolf comes in and she's like, come on. Bridget's like, come on. It's me. I'm not dying in this room with you. Yeah. And these full, we, we alluded to this before, but these full body shots of the werewolf, the animatronic, it's mostly animatronic. I think it's sometimes somebody in a suit. And like, as we're wrapping up the story here, big shout out to, there's no CGI in this movie. It's yeah. all practical effects. And for the most part, they look really good. This is a werewolf that should not be shot fully lit and fully shown it just looks kind of rubbery it and looks very fake. rubbery yeah yeah um but all that being said this whole sequence to me was super tense mm-hmm. and very like very scary like the kind of uh yeah like almost alien-esque like you know ridley scott's alien like maneuvering through this basement hiding from the wolf and then it's like busting in from this direction and that direction and it's like yeah it really had me on edge i think yeah for sure it's super well done um and then ginger pounces on her but unfortunately she lands on the knife and then uh we see some pictures on the walls of the two sisters together bridget starts to cry she still she still has a syringe but she lays her head on her sister's side as ginger stop, stops breathing and body count goes up to five presumably she cures herself with a syringe but we don't know mm-hmm. we don't do we, know do we know not? we don't know we don't know but also i mean meta like we do know something we don't know what happens with bridget but i think this body count will eventually be edited back to four because uh ginger snaps too uh next week i don't know that that's true i, I really have you looked up a little I know bit she's, of what the other two are I, about I, no, I haven't looked at the plot at all, but I know that the cast is yeah, the same. I think she, I don't want to ruin anything, but I think she might be dead still. Okay. But well, I might be wrong. I curse, like very cursor, cursor, cursorially, cursorially. Hmm. I don't know. That doesn't sound right. I did I a cursory. I did a cursory yeah. search of the Wikipedia page uh-huh. and I just saw like the first few lines. And okay. I don't think she's alive still. I know the I'm not even is a yeah. prequel. Okay. Yeah, I'm not even going to look on the wiki yet, so yeah. I'll keep it a secret. be interesting to see how 2 plays out. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's the end of Ginger Snaps. Totally. Yeah. Ah, nice, I liked like, it. Kind of a heartbreaking ending. Um, I didn't really do it service while I was reading it, but, you know, it is it is sad, like, watching Ginger stop breathing, their right. sister being there. It's, it is, it's a sad ending. Yeah, it's sad and scary, uh, and I mean, I think it 
it's a good i mean it's a it's a uh, a worthy ending to a movie that um manages to i think pull you into the emotional drama of these characters yeah um all right guys so some things we'd like to touch on here at the end of these movies one of which is favorite character i haven't thought about this actually um I'm rack of my brain. Did you have one that ju- that jumps out to you as being a favorite? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not you know, it's not that exciting. Um, but I think, I mean, it's tough. Okay, so like I've obviously said these these. I love Mimi Rogers. I think she's great. Like I want to give her like an honorable mention as like a very. She does a nice job with a kind of uh, n- not totally three dimensional character. She kind of fleshes it out. But but these two leads are both great, uh, both as mm. as performers, but also I think the these characters are solid, um, and I think that Ginger is fun. Like I love both of them, and I think that maybe you could make the argument that Emily Perkins has a tougher acting performance to pull off mm-hmm. uh, because it's a little more subtle. But I think Catherine Isabel does a great job of both being in a lot of pain and a lot of emotional distress but then playing the notes of being sort of sexually excited and like feeling kind of invigorated by what's happening and, and then also playing, you know, the sad notes of her relationship with her sister. And I just think that Ginger is like a great fucking character played really well and, you know, uh, worthy of uh, the title of the movie. It's, you know, it's Ginger snaps. Uh, It's about her. Um, and it's about her sister too, but it's like, she is, she's carries the show and I think she does it well. Can you not hear yeah, me? Yeah, I, I lost you there. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I said, uh, yeah, I said she, um, she, she carries the whole show and I think she does it admirably. Great. Yeah. I, I if you're going to go with Ginger, I think I'm going to go with Bridget. Um, cause both of me, like, like you said, it's not going to be. A surprise dark horse, I think, with characters, right. favorite characters in this movie. It's one of the two, um, and I like them both equally. I think Bridget um, does a great job. Emily Perkins, that's her name. Yeah, does a great job with like having being kind of the more vulnerable sister in a lot of ways, um, and having to have this like moral decision of like, do I become like my sister? Do I stop mm-hmm. her? It, yeah, I think she really gives a a nice performance um, and under more under maybe more understated than just by nature of the character than ginger. Um, yeah. But nonetheless effective. Totally. So this movie is 20 years old. No, is it? Yeah. It's 20 years old. Now. Yeah. Jeez. Moment that aged the worst. Um, I think my answer is probably going to be some of the, I don't know actually. Cause I think it, it actually lead, it adds to it. I was going to say some of like the edgy, quirkiness at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie but i think it actually helps like with the overall arc of the characters yeah yeah they go because i mean yeah i not to speak for you but it's like they haven't actually experienced any real hardship at the beginning of this movie right yeah and so exactly. they're like very exaggerated in their sort of depressed snarky sarcastic you know mood yeah. And then so, all of a sudden it becomes more of a real thing. I have a feeling of what you're going to say. So I'm going to say 
maybe then uh, my pick for moment that aged the worst is Jason's overly baggy cargo pants, which <laughs> really brought me back to a time and a place. They're not cuffed at all. They're, you know those back heels are filthy, being yeah. dragged by his boots and cut up. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I mean, I to be honest, like I didn't have a really good answer for this because I think that, like, I mean, we could give the jokey answer, which is like the clothes, right? Which is not to say that you gave a jokey answer, but it's yeah. just like most of the thing, like I, this is a uh, this is a thoughtful movie largely, and yeah. it's pretty sensitive, and so like there. You know, this escapes the curse of, like, nobody drops a random R word in here or, you know, like, use any kind of... There are no slurs that it's like, well, that didn't age well. Um, At least not to my memory. And I think a lot of the stuff that has, like, aged a lot is just, like, I mean, it's from the time and place. It's the 90s, right? So it's 1999. It feels like 1999. But I kind of like that about this movie. So I don't want to knock it for feeling like a product of its time. I appreciate that it is. Um, so, well, you know, if, uh, if you didn't, ha- I thought the one you were going to say was the, the uh, werewolf. I mean, yes and no, because I don't think here's my, this would be my thing. Yes. It looks bad. Do I think it's a product of age? I don't probably really. not. No, it's probably more of a budgetary thing. I do. Yeah, exactly. Because like, all you have to do is go look at American werewolf in London, which is yeah. a movie that's 17 years older than this one. And it's like that werewolf looks fucking amazing. Yes. yes. Um, like, so yeah, with enough money and I don't want to knock the, the special effects team on this movie because I think largely they did a good job. It's just like the full werewolf look. And the thing is, the the FX artist made a very specific choice that he wanted it to be sort of not your classic furry. He wanted it to be more skeletal and more kind of like slimy almost. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know what? The fur covers up a lot of stuff. It makes it, it it's just easier to shoot. And I think it's, it, it, you know, it smooths over some of the rough edges. And so I think the choice that he made to go in that direction didn't really pay off. Um, so you have any thoughts on best death? Um, not a lot, right? It's, this is not yeah, a death heavy movie. Uh, a couple of them happen off screen, which we have five in total, right? Um, yes. Yeah, I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. I'll go with Sam. I, I don't know what your pick would be if it would be the same. I, um, but you know, he gets a good dramatic death and it's bloody and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's not what this movie is about. No. I, I think I'm going to go with the janitor um, because okay. it is sort of a point of no return for both of them. Although I guess it could be argued that the guidance counselor also is. Right. But we don't uh, get to spend time watching that. Happen. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like that whole like, uh, do we let him be or do we kill him? And yeah. So right. I'm going to go with the guidance counselor. And it's, it's you know, it's pretty gruesome. Yeah. I think that's a, an equally solid choice. And then we like to rate these movies scariness on uh, what we call the Carpenter scale. Um, mm-hmm. Where do you think this falls on the Carpenter scale? I think it's going to be on the higher side than especially the last three weeks or so. Yeah. Three, four I'm, weeks. Yes, I'm excited to finally talk about scary movies again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so just as a refresher for both of us, since we've been wallowing on the low end of the Carpenter scale here, 
we've always said that um, Halloween and The Thing are probably the highest end of the Carpenter scale in terms yeah. of being yeah. scary movies. Uh, I think that um, for me, and it's funny, <laughs> the Carpenter scale's a little bit broken because it goes from like really, really scary immediately down to like, eh. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I would think like the fog or Prince of Darkness is, is right, but you're always trying to right shit below. on the fog. I know I don't yeah. really like the fog that much. Yeah, but that's not I to think say it's, it's not scary. scary. I maybe it's time for a third viewing of the fog. Mm, yeah, well, this is something we've talked about trying to turn into a seg or not a segment, but like maybe a a kind of some stunt or extra episodes as we dig back into the either back into ones we haven't seen or also there are also movies that neither of us has seen on this yeah. list one that. of which the ward i've never seen uh pops up on uh some lists that tie into our end segment which we'll get into oh, interesting shortly um but yeah i would throw out there um the ones that that pique my interest uh yeah a prince of darkness Mm-hmm. I would say the fog. Yes, um, I'm not going to push it up into thing territory. No. Um, and then there's like a bunch of there's a couple Carpenter movies like They Live and Assault on Precinct 13, which I do think are scary, but in like a more sort of existential way. Yeah, yeah. Um, which isn't really what this movie is doing. This movie is scary in like a horror movie way. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm falling somewhere around Halloween, Fog, and Prince of Darkness. Okay. Well, since you uh, have, uh, I mean, do you like Prince of Darkness better than The Fog? I do. Yeah, let's do Prince of Darkness. That's a scary movie to me. Okay. And then we don't have to have this qualifier of like, well, it's scary, but I don't like, you know, it's like, okay. So we'll say Prince of Darkness. All right. Prince of Darkness. Yeah. And then finally, for this segment, Mary Fuck Kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty clear. This is yeah. a Mary, Mary for me. I don't do you know. want to go first? Do you want to say your piece about the movie? Yeah, or you I'm, just want to say I'll marry it. <laughs> I'll marry it. I think it's, um, it's aged well. It's scary. It's effective. It's you know, touches on some emotions that horror movies frequently don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to see some well-rounded characters that feel human, um, yeah. especially after the last like you know, Deep Blue Sea is great, but it's not populated by a bunch of characters that I care about. <clears throat> yeah. And especially like the last, the latter day Friday movies, same. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very rare that you get a horror movie that you care about the two leads. Uh, and that the two leads are also happen to be young women. Um, although, you know, Hey, we have a, a next segment coming up and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that. Uh, yeah. The, the blood looks cool. It's funny. It's darkly comic. Um, yeah. It's a Mary for me, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Mary for me too. Uh, I agree with everything Eric said. And I think just like thinking about the podcast writ large. So this is episode 28. Yep. Uh, so I want to say one, two, if we take out our four wrap up episodes. Um, yeah. So we've, we've covered 24 movies at this point. And I would say that this is alone with one other movie being the Blair Witch Project as being like, you can make the argument to someone that this is a horror movie, but it's also a good movie. It's like, yeah, it's the, you know, in the traditional sense, you don't have to be like Eric and I, you don't have to be an appreciator of this particular kind of genre cinema to watch this movie and be like, Oh, it's pretty good. That's a good point. Cause like return of the living dead, 
is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. But if you're not into horror movies, you're not going to like that movie at all. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is if you want to like break into the mainstream and kind of, um, it certainly helps if you are real familiar with the ins and outs, the tropes of werewolf movies. Yeah. But like, this is a good movie. Um, yeah. So it's an absolute Mary for me. And that is not a knock against the other movies on this list, because like Eric, I would say for me on my personal list, it does not, it is not higher than return of the living dead. Like right. return of the living right. dead is, is probably my favorite movie we've covered also. Um, but that's like specific to our taste. And Ginger Snaps is a movie that I think a lot of people could appreciate. So, yeah. Marry it. Let's put a ring on it. And I am about to burst with urine. So, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a quick break. Yeah. And, and then we'll get back with our end segment. All right. So, this movie is a werewolf movie, yes. Uh, But I have a feeling over the course of the next couple Ginger Snaps episodes, we'll have a chance to address the larger werewolf genre as a whole. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because what this movie specifically is also, it's a coming-of-age horror movie, which is a a really interesting subgenre that, uh, you know, not every... Werewolf movie is a coming-of-age movie. Not every coming-of-age movie is a werewolf movie. Sometimes they're both. Sometimes yeah. they're horror. Teen Wolf. Teen about. Wolf. Big yeah, one. great example. Um, so what Price and I are about to do is list our five personal favorite coming-of-age horror movies. It's a top five, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Top five. Um, yeah, it's what we do when... Uh, Mount Rushmore just isn't enough. It's 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 a it's a category with depth, um, yeah. and yeah, I think for me, uh, I love horror movies that um, hybridize other genres of film, but in a way more so than just like oh a horror comedy mm-hmm. subgenres, more specific stuff like a coming of age movie, right? Uh, or a good, like, you know, I don't know, it, a conspiracy thriller horror movie. That sounds great to me. I don't know if that's a movie that exists. Someone make it. Um, but yeah, the coming-of-age horror film works so well because it's like that process of, of transitioning from childhood to adulthood uh, can be horrifying in many ways, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, whether we're talking about puberty uh, allegories where it's sort of almost physically horrifying or just um you know socially emotionally uh psychologically yeah there's there's plenty of uh fertile uh ground for terror to mine from from the old coming of age tale so let's jump into it do you want to start eric with your number five coming of age horror movie yeah my number five is a recent movie from 2016 okay Uh, it's a French movie called Raw. Have you ever seen Raw? I have not seen it. No. Tell me it's more. Very cool. Similar to Ginger Snaps, mm-hmm. in that is about two sisters. Uh, in this case, they are away at college, uh, veterinary school, and one of them becomes infected with a parasite that makes her crave human flesh. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so it's kind of like one sister watching another sister devolve into murder Ugh. and cannibalism it's very gross movie okay um it's a 
it's also kind of like Ginger Snaps. They tie it very much to her sexuality. Sure. Um, and it's uh, I don't want to say too much else uh, without with all of these movies. I'm going to leave them pretty vague, except for probably yeah. two top ones. But it's very interesting, very uncomfortable movie that I highly recommend. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I mean, I don't know that much about this. Is the most I've learned about the plot, but I've heard it recommended many times. So I think I will. I'm gonna have to put that on the list. Yeah, give it a give it a. It's, oh, sorry, I'm just reading the Wikipedia. Like I forgot, there's also like some physical changes that are happening with uh-huh. her yeah. that are also disgusting. I gotcha. Um, before I start, I wanted to throw out an honorable mention for a movie I wanted to include, but I just don't think. I can technically qualify it as, as coming of age, but I wanted to give a shout out to Shaun of the Dead, oh. which I think is, it came in the era of the Judd Apatow man child sort of coming of age movie. Sure. Right? Yeah. And so that's the thing is like, it's, it, it is a movie about growing up. It just happens to be about a, a couple of 30 something men. Right. Growing right. Up, Not right? Like teenagers. Yeah, but it's a fantastic movie, and the plot is very much hinges around both zombies and the idea of having to eventually grow up and sort of settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is not my actual number five. My number five, I think, is a bit of a curveball, uh, but I think I can make a case for it. Uh, it's a movie that we've mentioned once or twice on this podcast. It is fucking gross and insane, and it is called Society. Uh-huh. By Brian Yesna, and in case you don't know anything about it, um, just imagine if an episode of Beverly Hills 90210 became in a, a surreal, horrifying, just disgusting body horror. Yeah. And it's confusing, it's like sort of almost Lynchian at times, but then other times it just feels like a teen soap opera. Um, and again, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I will say that I think it deals in a way with a lot of themes of growing up and becoming part of society, specifically dealing with things like class and wealth um, and the way that affects uh, young people, right? Mm-hmm. Becoming part of that world, because I think that's something that we're all a little bit oblivious to when we're younger is how do, how do people fit into different class and caste caste systems almost. And yeah, society is a movie that I really like recommending to unsuspecting people. Uh, <laughs> and so if you haven't seen it and that sounds at all entertaining, I, I, I suggest you check it out. Um, yeah, it's a, I mean, that is also one I've been wanting to rewatch even though I've seen it recently, just because I'm mm-hmm. in fucking rips so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, totally. Um, uh. So then number four. My number four pick uh, is a little bit of a curveball as well. Cause I, okay. I was going to say, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say the movie. It's called okay. Let the Right One In. This I've ha- seen it. I this is uh, you're you're making me look like a fool here because this is I wrote in my notes let the right one in is a big blind spot for me because I oh. know it's supposed to be great and I've just never seen it. Oh, yeah. it's so good! It's okay. So it's a Swedish movie about a young boy, a twelve year old boy, who befriends and sort of has not a romantic relationship. They, they he forms a strong bond 
with a little girl next door who happens to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna say like I don't know, I don't know why I keep repeating that. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> not spoil gonna say these too fucking much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil these fucking movies, but um, it is beautifully, beautifully, beautifully shot. It's kind of a it's a slow burn movie. Um, a lot of long takes, one shot, long takes. Mm-hmm. Um, the gore is shocking and, and very realistic. Uh, and it's also at its heart, it's a very sweet movie about this relationship. Yeah. Um, but it just happens to be about a, you know, ageless vampire in the body of a 12 year old girl, which huh. does have some creepy, <laughs> some creepy, uh, connotations. Sure. I, I always thought about that. like, how, it's kind of crazy that Angel is like 250 years old and he's like yeah, sleeping with a 16 year old. Yeah, it's no, that's really gross. Yeah, it's not good uh, for sure. Uh, what are you going to do though? Have you seen the uh, American remake? Uh, no, I haven't. Let Me In, right? I haven't. Is that what it's called? I heard yeah. it's also very good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm being exposed as some sort of cinematic xenophobe. I just won't watch a movie with subtitles. Um, <laughs> Have and, you seen that one? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Okay. Um, so at least there you go. I didn't just say, "Oh, I'm waiting for it to be in English." I haven't watched it because I'm lazy. Oh, I forgot. Um, it's directed by Matt Reeves, who did Cloverfield. No. Let me in. Okay. <laughs> Not um, the right one in. No, that would that would be weird. Um, my number four uh, is a fairly recent film, and uh, amusingly enough, it's one that I tried to watch. Not too long after it came out, uh, I decided I was too stoned and I was bored and I turned it off after 20 minutes. I gave it a second try uh, not too long ago and boy, am I glad I did. Uh, So uh, The Witch, a movie Mm. that that I think a a lot of people are going to be familiar with from 2015. Um, Again, and I, I don't know, maybe this is just who I am. But the, another movie that maybe doesn't scream coming of age horror, but once you kind of dig it into is. it, I think it yeah. is. Right. So it, it not again a movie we don't want to spoil too much, but it. God damn it! Now you've got me doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, it's uh, a period piece uh, about. Uh, so isn't Ginger Snaps? Ah, yeah. I I didn't. Yeah, I just it's, learned it's about, that it's about periods. Wait, but Ginger Snaps 3 apparently is a period piece. Do you think that's a deliberate joke? Wait, Ginger Snaps is a period piece? Three. Number, Three. Apparently oh. the third one. Oh, that's interesting. The only thing I know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything is. else about it other than that. Yeah, same. Um, okay, anyways. Uh, 17th Sorry. century New England. Uh, we got some pilgrims. We got a family that has literally been uh, like a la the the traditional pilgrims uh, immigrating to, uh, you know, North America uh, kicked out of their colony for being too insanely religious, more or less. <laughs> um, the real movie really follows a teen girl who's becoming a woman essentially. And, you know, uh, this idea of um, how that affects her relationship with her fucked up family and what sort of womanhood and, and that impact has on their relationships and how she fits into this uh, unforgiving environment that she lives in. Um, yeah, it's tough to talk about the witch without giving away too much of what happens, but just, you know, 
themes you know carried over from things like the Salem Witch Trials, uh, even though this movie doesn't deal directly with that. Um, it's a very quiet movie. It moves sort of slowly, but I think it, it pays off a lot. Yeah. And a really, really great uh, lead performance by, uh, what is her name, Anya Taylor-Joy, um, who is also, I loved in Thoroughbreds, which is a great movie. Oh, I have is, to see that. Yeah. You recommended it to me. It's I think it's fantastic. Definitely could qualify for this uh, list if it was a little more horror inclined, but I think it's uh, at best you might call it a little bit of a thriller. But um, would you consider like Heather's to be? I would say no. that's more of a thriller than a horror. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Heather's is a dark comedy, which is not the same thing as a horror comedy. Yeah, to me. we're on the same page then. Yeah. Uh, thoughts um, on the witch, Eric? Oh, I love the witch. It, it was very close to making my list, um, mm-hmm. and the only reason it didn't was because I suspected it might pop up here somewhere. Yeah. So I. I Decided to go with a couple others that uh, yeah that, that class were less watched. Yeah, the classic meta gaming that we do yeah, when yeah, we yeah, make yeah. lists, where it's like, okay, I think Eric will cover this one, so I can leave it off because somebody needs to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in that way, uh, I wanted to. I've never our... seen Jennifer's body. Whatever. That might Jennifer's body me. was better than I expected it to be, but I don't think it would make this list. Okay. And my curiosity now. I wonder if our top three are going to be the same. Maybe. Uh, I think my two be. my two might not be. Okay. Uh, so my third, my top three here now, rounding out the top three, is It Follows. Okay. Um, it Follows is a very stylish movie directed by Robert Mitchell. I think that's his name. David Robert that. Mitchell. David Robert Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, who also made another beautiful coming of age movie called um the myth of the american sleepover before he made this movie uh which is shot in michigan i think this one's also shot in michigan uh and it follows a group it's almost like it's like dazed and confused but it follows a group of teenagers high school kids on their first day of summer break Mm -hmm. um just it's just like a very loose beautiful movie where it's just like they're just trying to kiss each other <laughs> in different areas of town. Yeah. Uh, it follows is a little more is actually probably one of the scarier movies I've seen in recent memory. Totally. Um, it is a shape shifting, relentless being that pursues people who have sex and essentially pass this curse mm-hmm. off to one another. Yeah. Um, Micah Monroe, uh, I believe is her name. I, like mm-hmm. I said, I should have pulled up the fucking IMDb page before I started talking about <laughs> it. Plays the main character who sleeps with the guy and then is cursed with this th- this relentless beast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is really great. I think yeah. maybe if there's one knock against it, it's like the last 10 minutes or so of the movie. Yeah, a lot of people don't really like the end, and I think it's fine. I think it's tough. I, I it's- agree. I agree. It's but, tough to end movies like this one. It's sort of like, almost akin to like a Stephen King book where it's like if you build up so much mystery and you and you really traffic in that early on, it can be hard to deliver a satisfying ending. You know? Yeah. But the reason why it makes this list is because it, it deals so explicitly with not literally explicitly, but with with sexuality and teen yeah. sex and um, mm-hmm. yeah, the consequences totally. of. Yeah. So that's my number yeah. three. Great. I'm not going to say anything about it because 
I still have three more spots left. Um, <laughs> my number three, uh, we can get through quite quickly, is the movie we just finished talking about. Ginger Snaps, for me, absolutely qualifies to be on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that for all the reasons we just talked about, and especially watching it again this week, I was like, yeah, this is really a great movie in terms of, of covering the real subject matter of... Um, you know, what it's like to be a teenager uh, and and those relationships and the way things change so quickly in such a short amount of time. Um, and it does, I think it does it really well. And yeah, for that reason, I it totally lands smack dab in the middle of my top five list. That's great. Um, great choice. One that I considered putting on. I'm glad I didn't because uh, then, you know, our top three would probably look pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because my number two, and I, you know, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I know it's number two. It's a number two because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh-huh. And it's number two. I, there could be an argument made against it. Mm-hmm. But I think Scream is a coming uh, of age horror movie. Okay. It deals so heavily with Sydney Sydney Prescott, you know, yeah. again, losing her virginity, mm-hmm. um, becoming a woman, accepting the, like, the responsibilities of, or having the responsibilities of her mother, or like the not the responsibilities, the consequences of her mother kind of familiarly yeah. being passed down to her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, what, what can I say about scream that hasn't been said? Everybody? Yeah. Like, it's one we're <laughs> certainly going to cover at some point. It's probably the most famous horror movie of the past 30 years. So. Totally. Yeah. It is a, a, um, just like a epoch kind of, starting yeah it, it it defined an era of horror movies and yeah i did not think about it in that context but i think that i i support this as a pick um especially now you know when we talk about we think about just sydney's journey in particular i think surprisingly for a movie written and directed by a, a middle-aged man you know mm-hmm. i guess kevin williamson was younger at that point um but yeah. certainly the the sensitivity with which it handles almost like a sort of slut shaming subplot. Yes. Um, and like really, yeah, I think the whole, yeah, I think you're right. That is a very solid, uh, uh, pick for this. Um, yeah, very cool. Uh, my number two is the movie Eric mentioned, uh, just prior it follows. Um, this movie was super impactful for me in terms of just being like, Hey, this is like a new horror movie that I can get really pumped about. Um, Mm -hmm. so first and foremost, I just think it's really well done. Um, you know, it's, it's squarely aimed at viewers like the two of us, I think who really love not just the specific films of the era, but also the kind of ethos and the, uh, the visual hallmarks of eighties horror, the soundtrack, like it's very much a throwback in a lot of ways. Um, and in a way that it's like, it's almost uncomfortable for it being a horror movie, but how beautiful it is. Yeah. Like how, how well it's shot, how like Mm -hmm. the colors are like these neon pastel colors. It's, it's a really striking looking movie. Yeah, and it has uh, a handful of some of the scariest shots and scenes that I've seen in anything. And it's yes. certainly in the last ten years, um, yeah. if not longer. Um, and then to pay off something that I uh, sort of alluded to earlier in the podcast, this is a movie that I think operates with multiple metaphors too, where it's like it has the very 
uh, overt because of the way that um, this sort of curse or demon or being whatever we want to call it the thing that follows in this movie is transmitted via sex so I think a lot of people walk away from this just seeing it as a as a uh, an allegory about STDs which I think there are I don't I'm not going to go into but it's not I mean it is in an it's a there's there's um certainly a nod to that and it's an easy thing to jump to that conclusion uh but in reality I think this movie is more about um mortality but in the sense of like this growing up right the kind of the idea of coming of age and I think that what sex represents here is not just this specific, like, oh, you have sex and it causes you to get to die. Mm-hmm. It's it's this passage where it's like you are now entering a new phase of your life, which is about adulthood, which it means that this specter of, of it. Yeah, yeah, this specter of death is coming for you. And I think that the the way that it follows works, especially when you get to the very end, the climax. So and I and this goes into there's I don't want to spoil there's an appearance by a character uh, or at least someone we should know in the movie who is happens to be a dead person um, who and it is sort of has a meaningful attachment to one of the other characters and I think it really hammers home this idea that it's like the thing that follows you is the specter of death literally that it mm-hmm. is coming for all of us and as we get older and we leave childhood we start to walk down that path that inevitably will end with all of us dying. Um, and that's some scary shit. Yeah, man, I, I might watch this movie again tonight. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> thinking about it and talking about it. It's getting me so pumped. Yeah. Um, do we have the same number one? We have the same. There's no way we don't have the same. Yeah. Number one. Okay. Go ahead. Give it, lay it, lay it. Everybody should know. You want to say at, at the same point. time? Uh, sure. Uh, three, okay. two, two, one, one, Carrie, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, this is this is the granddaddy of them all. This yeah. is the that's the one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you want to say anything about Carrie? No. Nope. <laughs> 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 no, it's um, the. I mean, it's it's such a brilliant thing to make a horror movie. Same can be said about Ginger Snaps about uh, so linked so much to female biology. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the trigger of Carrie is her getting her period mm-hmm. in the shower at high school. Yeah, one of the most embarrassing things that could happen. In a, it's a very, but it's also one of the most common things. That's something that happened. Not getting it in front of everybody in school, right? But getting your period is. The most common thing. (laughs) Yeah, it happens to almost half of all the people in the world. (laughs) Exactly. But there is this Probably more than half. Yeah. And and just Carrie's experience uh, of just being like this homely, shy girl. Mm -hmm. And the people, like the popular kids being so brutally mean to her. Yeah. um, It's, I don't know. It's just something that everybody can relate to on some level. On some yeah. level, we're all Carrie. We all know a Carrie. Right. Yeah, because even if you are, like, I mean, I think everybody learns as they grow older, even if you're one of the fucking shitty popular kids, it's yeah. like, you're still, if that was who you were in high school, I'm, I hope that you realize by now, and you probably do, that so much of, like, 
of that kind of behavior presenting frontward as like, I'm a bully. I'm a cool girl. There's so much fear and insecurity behind yes. all of that. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what your particular background was. Like we all had that as young people. And if we didn't like, I want to hear about your yeah, life exactly, story. Exactly. Yeah. If you even made it through adolescence, person, mm-hmm. even the, you know, the bullies are bullies because they're carried to somebody, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And it's, I mean, I'm not, I will be, I'll be honest. I haven't seen as many De Palma movies as I would guess the average cinema fan. I've never totally loved his work. Um, but Carrie's great. And honestly, like thinking about how much I like this movie makes me go, okay, like, I think I do need to make my way through more of his filmography. I actually watched Snake Eyes last night. Oh my God. Uh, which I had never seen. <laughs> Quite enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun with it. I haven't seen um, it in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's not so Nicolas Cage, but it's like, you know, it's in that era that you like to see that. But anyways, forget about that. Really well directed. Uh, incredible performance by Sissy Spacek and by mm-hmm. her mother um, was Blythe Danner. Is that? Uh... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a truly terrifying character. Oh my God. One of the yeah. most horrific, like abusive parents in yeah. movie history. I got it wrong. It's not Blythe Danner. That's oh, another, not? that's another I said, woman. I from said that yes, era. because I was like, I know that name, but I, don't I saw the look on your face. I saw you be like, I'm not sure that that's right. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to disagree with him. Um, so yeah, sorry. Uh, instead of having to issue a correction next week, it is Piper Laurie. Is oh okay? I can. See, I mean, you yeah. can see. Although they sound nothing alike, they're the spirit of Piper Laurie and Blythe Danner is yeah. pretty similar. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for in, in name, for letting right? me off that letting me off the hook on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's so many reasons to watch this movie. Uh, young John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but just the prom scene of Carrie is one of the most iconic scenes in all of horror. And there's a, there's definitely a reason for that. Um, if I'm going to quickly recommend some De Palma for you to check out. Yeah, please do. Check out Blow Up. Blow I, that, Out. No, Blow yeah. Out. Blow Out. Blow Up Those is are, the Blow Up is the Italian one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, blow Out is great. More Travolta, uh, and, right? Yep, more Travolta. And uh-huh. I just rewatched Scarface. And that movie uh-huh. is awesome. It's a classic movie that got ruined by its fans. Okay. I mean, that makes me want to make a little bit of room for it because I I have never met a person in my life who says Scarface is their favorite movie or who has a Scarface poster that didn't fucking suck. Exactly. It's been <laughs> ruined by its fa- Have you never seen it? I've never seen it. No. Oh, my God. It's really good. I've it's, seen a I, couple I bits and pieces really... of it, but I've never sat down to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, kind of a classic uh movie like i said ruined by its fans because mm-hmm. they don't understand the the they didn't understand it's like fight club sure in that it's like it's a good movie people completely misunderstood it yeah it's not glorifying this act you walk out of it thinking you want to be tony Mant- montana you're probably like, a douchebag exactly right? exactly yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i mean well the funny thing about that too is like I would if I was asked to make a top five list of my favorite video games of all time, I would probably put Grand Theft Auto Vice City on there. And I know oh, sure, for a yeah. fact that that whole game is basically an homage to Scarface. Yes. Um, 
but I like I, I I you know I got nothing I got none of the source material so I might just watch it man I might watch Scarface this week watch Scarface recommend it okay um okay guys that is our our each our individual lists really falling apart here at the end <laughs> those are it. our lists for uh, our coming of age horror movies hey we would like to know some of yours if you feel like yeah. you we uh left some off a list that are obvious or maybe there's some of your favorites uh give us a mention at killstreak pod on twitter yeah. or you can write to us you can email us at killstreakpod at gmail.com totally tell us your top five coming of age horror movies yeah we or might read it five, on the air two three yeah. exactly yeah we most certainly will yeah um man any other any other uh yeah um housekeeping we get just we check out our website killstreetpod.com um and yeah like i said that idea of please send us your lists if you want to feature on the podcast we'd be happy to have you we got another fun voicemail from uh the uh, the Grandmaster Josh Stewart this week. We didn't have time to play it on the episode, <laughs> but uh, I assure you that it, uh, he implored you all to follow suit and uh, you know call in, send us an email, um, become part of the fabric of our universe. Now you said our website's killstreakpod.com. Mm-hmm. That doesn't direct any any place. Did you mean anchor.fm slash killstreakpod? No, I mean, that's our new website, and uh, it should, by tomorrow or Tuesday, direct to our new website, which is almost done. And I've been uh, been calling out that URL for a while because, you know, starting at some point this week, from then until the end of time, that will be the Killstreak uh, website. Um, Amazing. So, so yeah, exciting on the horizon, I swear. (laughs) I have been working on it. It is almost done. And it's not going to be that impressive. It's just not run by Anchor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as always, if I start simping around tampon dispensers and complaining about PMS, shoot me, okay? Okay.